Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. God, make me interesting this morning. You know, some days you look through the papers and you go, do you know, there's not many laughs. You know, there's not many things you can go, ha, 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 unless we're laughing at somebody, which is OK as far as I'm concerned, especially if somebody has courted publicity. And I was waiting to hear some interesting story. But from yesterday, it, it appeared all to be sort of doom and gloom and despondency. We had to suffer with the insufferable Colleen Nolan droning on about her one woman show while the loose women brown nosed, you know, to go, oh, you're so marvellous. You're so wonderful. You're so this. You're so bullying. That's what you are, love. I watched it again yesterday. There was no doubt in my mind that was the gang up of Kim. 25,000 people want to kicked off now. I don't know who she thinks is going to buy tickets for her show. Not anybody that we know round here. And then, of course, there was Roxanne Pallet. And that one turned out to be the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever heard as well. A fake sort of, oh, I'm so sorry I did this and that. Somebody's obviously said to her, you better come back with a serious apology. You're trying to ruin somebody's career and it's not right. And then they showed her it back. They showed her back the clip and you could see what it was. I mean, anybody with half a brain cell... And that is why, as I pointed out before, Big Brother explained to some of the contestants in the house that the reason they hadn't got rid of Ryan is because there was nothing to answer. It was a playful kind of little thing. It hurt me, hurt me. You're a fake. You're a fake and a fraud and you need help. And that didn't come from me. That came from people in the business. I mean, seriously, nobody normally gets involved with this thing. You can actually guarantee that if somebody's been on a, a soap or something like that, then they're going to go, oh, you know, well, you know, she's, she's had a bit of a time, a bit of a trouble and all that kind of stuff. Yes, engineered by herself. Engineered by herself. There's obviously something the matter with her. She's got some screw loose somewhere, or quite a few. She tried to destroy, you know, one of the uh, much-loved actors in a soap's career. I mean, basically, that's what she was saying. You know, it was domestic abuse. Should be this, should be that. And then it turned out, I made a terrible mistake. Too bloody late, dear. Too late. So she creeps up, and creep being the opposite word. And then, of course, she was sick after she did it. The Jeremy Vine show. I felt a bit sorry for him having to, to talk to somebody like her. But uh, they do that one. Then she goes on to pre-record her next interview with Emma Willis, which was good. Emma sort of, you know, lambasted her. They showed her the clip and all the rest of it. But it wasn't live. Should have been done live. We should have watched the sinking of it. She tried to destroy a fellow actor's career, and I'm afraid it's not good. There's now calls for her to be axed from the pantomime. Ridian doesn't want to work with her. He really doesn't, because she's not, she's not pleasant. And why would you have to work with somebody? You can imagine the pantomime are now going, oh, God, what do we do? Do we pull her and change her for somebody else? I would, I would suggest that would be the best way forward. I would suggest that would be the best way forward, because she's going to walk out on stage, if she appears in that pantomime, to booze. It's as simple as that, you know, and I'm assuming they're saying, oh, little Roxanne Pellet, oh, this is, it's a load of old rubbish, load of old rubbish. I really, I really believe that she was wrong, wrong, 100, 150 million times she was wrong on that. And so she's, uh, she said that she was, she was wrong. Now the parents of Alfie Evans introduced their new son to the world. They lost uh, Alfie, you remember. And then I'm looking at this, this couple in the paper and I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was something about this. Do you remember when Alfie was in the hospital and they were debating whether to turn off and withdraw all the life support? And they went to court and they did this and that. He turned out to be vile and their supporters were shouting abuse at doctors and nurses. A real vile piece of thuggery, if ever there was. And now here they are on television. Oh, we've got another child now and it's this and it's that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I remember. I remember how you were. He was vile. Seriously, absolutely awful. And then, you know, their their so-called supporters. 
Rent-a-mob. Rent-a-mob. People who don't work, you know, they've got kids shouting things and... Oh, it was just disgusting. It really was. Uh, what have we got? The National Lottery vowing to make more millionaires. Yeah, because it's nigh and impossible, isn't it? Let's just give up completely on that one. Uh, Katie gets the Chris off. The house might go. That's good news, isn't it? Because she's on holiday. This is now two months. She's not bothered to do anything. She's not with the children. There's two with Peter Andre and two, I believe, with Kieran Haler. So somebody's paying for them. Mind you, I believe they are Kieran Haler's children. And uh, she's on holiday with some new bloke. Not what, I think she thinks that the good fairy's going to come down and go, ching, 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 and all of a sudden the house is going to be restored and it's going to look beautiful as opposed to the dump that it is at the moment. They'll never get the money for it. But they think she'll be out in two months. They'll, they'll, they'll kick her out because she's making no effort to sort her problems out. Typical Katie Price, thick as a brick. You know, bury your head in the sand and not do anything. And unfortunately, if you're facing bankruptcy, you're supposed to do something. You're supposed to be bright and clever. But of course, we all now know she's not. She was never a businesswoman. She's never had a brilliant idea in her entire life. The sort of people who go, oh, you're my hero, are generally saddos. You know, people who are a little bit thick because she's not clever. She's not clever. And uh, the children, I mean, isn't it, you know, typical, isn't it? What are we up to now? September, October, never. So just before Christmas, she could be kicked out. But she's known about it for ages because she's known about it as long as we have. And she's not done anything about it at all, apart from flogging off a few items. And apparently she loves her horses, but she's only got two left. Well, if you downsized her, you won't have any room for them, so they'll have to go, together with a silly little pink horse box and all this other garbage that you've assembled. Because it's just, you know, you're bankrupt. You owe money to loads and loads of people. Pay it back. Not so clever now, are we? Not so clever. Uh, tensions rise in the scallop wars. Whew. Yes, that's that's turned out to be a bit of a bit of a bummer, isn't it? Really, you go out there on the sea, you don't expect to be rammed by ships and all that kind of stuff. And especially, as I've pointed out before, we were keeping within the law. One of the rare times out on the high seas that we do something, and we're absolutely playing it down the line. We're absolutely playing it into the hands of the French. We're doing exactly what they wanted. But the fishermen who think they're running the country, you're not. You're not. Uh, think they know better. Think that they can do what they want to do. And, of course, judging by the last time, they started ramming the boats and doing all sorts of things. And the French Navy sat there like the bunch of little girls' blouses that they turn out to be. Didn't do anything at all. Then there was the uh, the prom queen, who just died at the age of, I think she was about 23. She was type 1 diabetic. But the reason she died is because she went into uh, a diabetic coma. You know why? She refused to inject. She is needle-phobic. Which is ironic when you consider she's covered in tattoos. What does she think they're put on by? Needles. Probably worse needles than you get for diabetes, let me tell you. But uh, anyway, so she didn't treat it, didn't tell anybody, and she died. And I'm thinking, I don't know what more you can do. You've got type 1 diabetes. She has all these tattoos. You go, oh, I'm not going to inject because I'm needle-phobic. Well, obviously not, darling. Obviously not. But now you're dead. Your family are absolutely bereft. Your boyfriend's bereft. And all because, you know, you didn't follow the doctor's advice and inject. You're type 1 diabetes. There is more chance of you going under than there is of me. You know, so when the DVLA write to me, because I'm on a three-year restrictive driving licence, they just sort of say, you know, have you had a, a diabetic coma? Have you had... No, 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 no. Never. Never, never, never. But I know lots of type 1 people who have them. She had one, but because she didn't treat her diabetes, it was literally, it just ran riot through her body. Ran riot. She could have injected insulin. She could have done that, but she didn't. And yet she chose to have tattoos. As far as I'm concerned, in denial. 
in denial. I've seen people before, and you see them on the television drinking, throwing back booze, and you go, but you're a diabetic. And they go, yeah, but, you know, I'm young, it doesn't really matter. And you think, you're going to die. You're going to die. You better do something about it. I mean, even I worry about things like that, but I do inject. In fact, I might even inject this morning, actually. Uh, the couple to marry 61 years after he dumped her. They go on a date, and then he, he, he gets rid of her. And 61 years later, they got back together again, which is lovely. The attention, sorry, shy, retiring Beckham family, pose for Vogue magazine, mother and the Sprogs, you know, Brooklyn, who's beginning to look like a bit of a nerd. And uh, and no no Dave on the front cover at all. I wonder where he was. Obviously far too busy. Uh, or, you know, it would take it away from her. She's been going 10 years. Last year, she made an eight and a half million pound loss. Hardly successful, but there you go. So let's bring out the, uh, let's bring out the whole family. You can all pose you know, doing your usual sort of things. I mean, this is going to backfire. Going to backfire really badly, really badly. Because there is um, uh, there is a, a star of Saturday Kitchen. Her 18-year-old son has just been held in a drugs raid. £27,000 worth of drugs. We went when, uh, when Rocco Ritchie went a bit off the rails. But the saddest story, the saddest story, is of the BBC newsreader, who has revealed that she just has days left to live. She knew she was on... Sorry? Rachel Brand. She knew she was on borrowed time and um, and now it's it's crept up. And that's what happens with with cancer. Not all cancers. There is a great book out called You Can Live With Cancer, Living With Cancer. A lot of people live with cancer. <clears throat> In her case, it spread quite quickly. And, you know, I can only equate it to my mother because she had exactly the same. She had secondary cancer. <coughs> they showed her the x-rays and you could see it spreading. It, you know, you get dark patches and then it gets to that stage where they put you on uh, various drugs which give you false hope and you think that you're getting a little bit better. And uh, and then gradually they go, it's it's moving quite quickly. And it does. Don't ask me how it works, because I don't know if I could wave the magic wand and cure cancers. By God, what an achievement that would be. What an achievement. Honestly, if, if you left nothing in your will, apart from money to help find a cure for cancer. But there's so many different cancers. Once they, they treat one, then there's another cancer. And it's very clever. And so she's now been told that she's only got days left to live. And that is tough in anybody's book, because there's a family and there's friends and people you work with. And it doesn't matter where you... I couldn't care less whether she works for the BBC or she works for us or she works for any one of a number of other outfits. It's the fact that 40 years old is too bloody young. It's too young. It's not right. It's not right, but she's being... She's quite brave. Well, in fact, she's very brave. Mind you, I would be the same. I have to be honest. I, I don't think I'd sort of go, ooh, I don't know what to do about it. I'd be moaning about it every day on the programme. You think you can get bored with me for talking about Katie Price? God, Steve Allen and cancer. And so she's only got this few days, but she's making sure that everything is, is in place. Now, she will, very shortly, I should imagine, go into that state where, you know, she's, she's sleeping a lot of the time as it takes a hold. And... Um, and then you just hope for a peaceful end. It always is. Lots and lots of cases. And I just sort of, I think to myself, it's just wrong, isn't it? It's just wrong. How does, you know, I can remember when my mother was, was diagnosed with the secondary cancer. And she said, I know, I knew it was back. And, uh, and then she started making plans because she didn't know how long she had. And you couldn't get the answer from anybody because they say, well, we've got to wait and see what happens. So we waited to see what happens. And we actually got really angry with the... Um, with the person who was looking after her. So my mother wrote and apologised. I said to her, don't ever apologise for us, Mum. Seriously. She said, well, you mustn't be rude to him. I said, I couldn't give... And I used a very rude word. And um, and she sent him some writing paper and things. And I thought, you didn't need to do that. 
he was not being very forthcoming with telling us about, you know, our mother's illness and I wanted to know about it. And that got me angry. And so both of us, you know, but then she wrote to him and said, I'm very sorry about the behaviour of my sons. And I said, don't ever do that again, Mum. Of course, knowing that there was not very much likelihood that she would ever do it again. But uh, then it took a hold. Then she, she started sleeping more. And um, so she wasn't eating, but she could still hear. That's the last sense that goes, hearing. They always say to you, talk to people. And so I hope that they uh, they talk to uh, to Rachel, you know, as indeed I'm sure they will. They all get the best advice and the nursing staff and the teams are great. But you have to realise you're facing something that is bigger than heaven and earth. You're facing something. You're facing the end of your life. You're facing, you know, it, life goes on. We've had lots of people, you know, people die every single minute of the day. There'll be hospitals listening to this programme. The nurses who have to, they'll go, so-and-so's not, not going to make it through the night. And you just think about the family and then they've got to turn it. It's so difficult. But uh, she's announced, she said, this is it. Which is, you know, I think that's quite pragmatic. I do, really. She's facing up to it. She doesn't know any other way because we don't. If somebody says to you, listen, you're not going to be here in a, in, in a, in a month, in a month's time. You think, right, what have I got to do? Right, I've got to do things. I'll sell the DVDs. That's what I'd be doing. Selling the D- My mother gave away all her jewellery. All her godchildren got a piece of jewellery. And I would like to think that, that they, they treasure things like that. Because it came from her heart. It didn't come from anywhere else. So uh, I'm sure that all her colleagues and friends and family, they'll all be rallying around. And uh, wherever you go to afterwards, and I've got no idea... I don't know if we sit on a cloud. I don't know if we go through pearly gates. I don't know if somebody's up there checking out whether you've been good or nasty or horrible, whatever. I've got no idea. I just know that it must be blooming crowded up there. There's loads of people. I want to bump into the Queen Mother. I want to have a wait. Wait, Elizabeth. Bo's like, over here, over here. Steve, LBC. I know. It just happened quite quickly, really. I was, one minute I was fine, the next minute I wasn't. And just have a little chat to her, which would be good. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday, 4th of September. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We take no no prisoners. I'm not particularly bothered about being PC. It's so dated and, and so naff in this day and age. So when we have people on the television who we don't like... And in this particular case, in the case of Roxanne Pallet, the liar... Uh, somebody says, why was Ryan crying when he knew Big Brother had the footage of what really happened between him and Roxanne? But he didn't know that. He didn't know that. Because, if you remember, they gave him a slap on the wrist... Because she'd made a complaint. She didn't want to go to the police because it was basically a load of old cobblers, that's what. And so that's why. Because he's thinking, why is... This is it was nothing, it was just playing. It was just playing. And Billy says, the likes of the Me Too campaign is shown as flawed by evil acts of lying. Well, strangely enough, even... Even Lorraine Kelly was having a go about her. You know, and people that I know in the business are saying, no, she's not pleasant. People who work with her are saying she's not pleasant. Perhaps she's, perhaps she's flawed. Perhaps she's flawed. Either way, she tried to destroy a fellow actor's career over nothing. Uh, Big Brother saw through it, and uh, so she walked. Of course she had to walk. She probably thought the public were going to go, oh, poor you. No, the public didn't do poor you, I'm afraid. They didn't. Uh, they want her kicked off the pantomime. They don't want anything to do. I'm surprised they even want her back at the radio station. Because to be honest with you, she's basically sort of tiddled on them, hasn't she? By sort of doing Big Brother and the Bear Grylls programme, you know. I knew there was something the matter when she went in and they were talking about the amount of money. I thought, something's not right here. Something's not right. So George was the one who told us about Lorraine. Yes, she had a go. They've all had a go at her because she's basically tried to destroy somebody's career and she's, she's tried to turn it round. Like, oh, poor me, poor me. But, of course, there is no poor me. It's poor liar you. That's what it is. You're just not a very nice person. Uh, also, Colleen Nolan. 
interesting to see the papers toadying up to her as the uh, talentless one goes on a, a single-handed tour of the country. She's going to be singing God Help You. I mean, it sounds to me like it could be Peter Andre all over again. And it's like, who's going to book tickets to go and see Carmen? Seriously. I had to ask the question yesterday. I couldn't get the answer from anybody. We didn't find anybody who would have bought a ticket yesterday. Not one person. But 25,000 of you want her kicked off loose women because you've had enough. And uh, she, was, she was definitely... You could see her. She was sneering at Kim Woodburn. Sneering at her. And Kim Woodburn is trying to say, you ganged up on me. And she was going, ladies and gentlemen, she, do not believe this. And then Colleen's going, oh, yes, you're evil. You're this and that. And then she lost it for a brief moment. And then I thought, ooh, you watch yourself. She's not pleasant. She's not pleasant. You know, I've spoken to other people who've been on the programme who, who don't like her, and she can be quite horrible to them. But there again, as I said yesterday, it's the producer. The producer booked that act, knowing, knowing... In fact, you can go to YouTube, you type in Kim Woodburn, and one of the first things that comes up is her having a go at Philip Schofield. So if somebody's got that kind of reputation, if she doesn't like being attacked because she's been bullied in the past, what stupid, talentless producer... Would actually book somebody on there. No. Are you sort of that thick, whoever she is, the producer? You know, going, oh, perhaps it'll make good television. It didn't make good television. It was utter crap television. That's what, it, that's what happened. It was very disturbing. I watched, as I say, I watched it back yesterday. I went back to the bits and you can see Colleen sneering. So Colleen going, oh, ask any of my friends. You know, well, of course they're going to say you're not a bully, aren't they? Unfortunately, what we witnessed on the television was bullying. It's as simple as that. If you can't see it, dear... Not good. Uh, Shane says, uh, what got me when my grandfather died, the doctor put on the death certificate, now extinct, a person you loved all your life. So final. I know. Well, they do the uh, no resuscitation, don't they, in this country? Imagine if you could actually get to the end of the bed and find out what it said. No, do not resuscitate. Oh, blimey. Oh, well. You can always tell if, if, if it's not your night, they'll move you to a side ward. <laughs> Kerry Katona is on GMB this morning with her mum. Apparently she spent a clean life from booze and drugs. Commendable. How marvellous, honestly. Kerry Katona. Is, will she be moaning about, no bus anymore and I've got to pay £200 and I could go bankrupt? Why don't you get off your arse and go and get a job, love? Go and do like more normal people in this country. People getting up at the moment to go to work. People, you know, doing things, cleaning toilets, washing up other people's cups, cleaning up after other people. Can't you do that? Are you that thick? Get off your fat bum and get out there and do something, for God's sake. I'm sick to death of boring windbags like you sitting on television, apparently telling us how to run our lives. Yours is the one which is a disaster. Uh, after Darren's chat about the first British spaceport earlier, I can't quite see you as a moon-visiting type person, Steve, except when you're howling at it. Just think of all the, uh, the packing for a trip like that. Definitely happier staying put here on Mother Earth. I'd have a look. I'm not bothered about it, though. I'm more intrigued by the person who actually thinks that people tell you what to say on the radio. You can imagine trying to do it on a programme like this, which, you know, literally flies by the seat of its pants. You imagine somebody going, oh, you must do this and you must say that. and that. No, it never works. Like That's the whole idea of getting an audience. If you're going to sit there and go, oh, shall we have biscuits for tea and a cup of tea and feed the pigeons because they are God's creatures? Not, Who cares? Who cares? Run them over in your car. Get three or four pigeons tied together. Pfft, straight under the car wheels and then a nice then you give the birds to maybe somebody on the television and we have pigeon pie and thus it serves a useful purpose you know it's so you can tell by somebody's voice kind of when they come on that they're either going to be argumentative or they're sort of you know balmy in some way there's always something and the one the other evening was about the uh, sort of you know what what we're told to say and i always think oh honestly it's 
It's very sad, isn't it, in this day and age? There must be some very peculiar people out there. Uh, Steve, um, another one here. Um, Oh, yes, uh, uh, Billy, talking about the likes of the Me Too campaign shown as flawed. Well, it is. I think she, she misread it completely. Completely misread it. I think the whole thing was a staged act. You know, the tears and all the rest of it. And, and then people who go, oh, poor you. And you're going to make lots of money when you come out. And everybody's going to love you. No, they hate you. They absolutely hate you. Even people in the business hate you. And that's, that's an interesting scenario, let me tell you. But uh, even more interesting, if they kick uh, Colleen Nolan off uh, Loose Women. But I don't think they should. She just, she performed exactly as we expected. Has she ever sold any records of her singing on her own, says Ian? No. No. And uh, nobody's ever heard her sing him full stop because I don't think she can. She's an old woman. She can barely breathe. She's a smoker. She's a smoker. She's a heavy smoker. <sighs> she told us years ago, do you remember about a year ago, 18 months ago, somebody said to her, you need to stop smoking. It's going to kill you. And also you need to lose weight. Yeah, I'll do that. And she's done nothing. Done nothing. All the pictures are so airbrushed and so made up. It's, it's almost like looking at another person. But uh, she's never sold records of her singing. She wasn't on any of the Nolan's hit singles. She was just a little child. She did La La's and that was it. Who's going to see her? I don't know. I don't know, Ian. Even old stars, he says, struggle to fill a theatre. They do. Oldest, look at Peter Andre. He's an old... Well, he's not a star, is he? But, I mean, he can't fill a theatre for love nor money. He's stupidly booked in, uh, you know, a little sort of go in Australia. And he is Australian, isn't he, I think, or something. I don't know. Perhaps he's Greek or part Australian. I don't know, whatever it is, anyway. And uh, and he, he none of those those shows uh, sold out, so it wasn't worth his while doing it. It had been the embarrassment of all embarrassments. The papers would have picked up. And here's him singing on stage, I love you because you understand me. And then they're going to cut to the audience, of which there'll be four people in the front row. I think it'll be the same for Colin. He grew up in Australia. Didn't grow very far mentally, did he, really, I suppose. But uh, poor old Pizzi, he needs to get a job. But he, oh, he's got a job working with Sooty. Yeah, that, that, that'll pay a lot of money, not. And uh, and then he's got to look after, because now there's so many of them in the house, aren't there? There's Peter, gorgeous wife, Ems, who's just so beautiful and wonderful and, oh, just like Mother Teresa. <laughs> and, and then you've got the two kids there, Princess and Prince, or oh, no, I can't remember what they're called. And, uh, and they're all living in the same house, and Pete just sitting around twiddling his thumbs. Coffee shop went under. Everything's gone under, and now he's just cancelled another date in the theatre. I think, again, again, due to lack of interest. I don't think people are interested in, you know... I mean, if, if you assembled One Direction, even the Spice Girls, I'm not totally convinced, could fill... You know, the, I think the, the deal is that they're going to fill Wembley three times. <sighs> not sure they are. I'm not sure they are, because they haven't got Victoria with them. And Victoria was basically... I mean, she was the one you went to watch. You went to watch Victoria. Not, not not because she was any good. It's because you could see how bad she was. Stop right now. Thank you. So, Victoria, can you sing up a bit? Stop right now. Thank you very much. I need someone with a human touch. Hey, you. Victoria, can you mime this bit of the song? It'll be a lot easier. Well, I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. Honestly, isn't it funny? The only one who's done any good out of it is Sporty Spice and Baby. They're the only two who've done well out of it. Melanie Black, uh, not Melanie Black, Melanie, Melanie Brown. Is it Melanie Brown? I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, sort of the, the semi-lead singer, the foul-mouthed one. She's, she's practically on her knees for money. And, uh, and Victoria Beckham, who's sort of not really in it anymore. But, I mean, her, her company lost eight and a half million. Thank God Dave's... T- oh, wait a minute. Dave's not earning any money at the moment, is he? I think she rehearses with Dave. Rehearses with him? What, yeah. Do you think Dave dances? No. 
We don't. No, we don't. Dave looks like he's embarrassing dancer, you know, which must be really disappointing for the perfect family from hell. They really must be, because Brooklyn can't take photographs, can't make a cup of coffee. Romeo can't really sing. Then there's another one. And, um, and then, there's, then there's the girl. But she's, she's going to be a great equestrian. But uh, at the moment, they're all with uh, Uncle Elton and Auntie David over in the south of France and having a wonderful time. Well, Uncle Elton and Auntie David are having a wonderful time. The rest of the Beckhams, it's just another picture to print to go in the papers. It's going to backfire, I'm telling you. I can guarantee it now. Uh, they should rename themselves the Spice Grannies. And, uh, and George says, Peter Andre's got a new cooking show. And on Lorraine later to talk about it should be amazing. Oh, he's marvellous, isn't he? He tried DIY. That didn't work. He couldn't do anything in DIY. He'd never used a hammer before, quite clearly. And he's going to do a cooking show. Is he really? What sort of cooking show is Peter is Pizzakins going to be doing? We'll have a look at that in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Thank you so much, George, for telling us about Peter Andre's new cooking show. We did have a look, actually. It's not Peter Andre's cooking show, but it's gorgeous Emily. Emily is so talented and marvellous. So she's got Dr Emily's Healthy Snacks. And so we did discover a little clip of seeing just how involved Peter Andre becomes. So they're in the kitchen. Beautiful kitchen. It's obviously nothing to do with him. And um, and she's there and she's sort of saying, oh, Pete likes this and all the rest of it. And then and Pete's helping out because Pete, Pete thinks he's a big star. And this is where it all went painfully wrong. This is a base, aren't we? There's the pistachios. We've got to start getting mm-hmm. all these ingredients in. So we've got dates. Good for a date night. Very good. Some seeds. Yeah. We've got some mixed nuts here. Everything from walnut to pecans. Pecans Peter didn't know the nuts, nuts. I'm afraid. Peter was not too basically too whatever nuts you want. Whatever some nuts dark you want. Don't make me say it. Dark Please yes. don't make me say it. <laughs> and they're putting it all in the food mixer. And Pete, Pete is helping because Pete is a helping person. Because you remember him when he did the. That uh, Peter Andre 60-minute makeover it took him two weeks, apparently, because Pete was so inept. I mean, at one point, he had to bang a nail in. I don't think he'd either seen a nail or a hammer. But uh, they're making all these little snacks at home. What does this bit pay? 1000 1500 quid? Not going to live on that one, are we? Pete will have to start downsizing the house very shortly. But uh, so they, they empty all these little things. As if anybody watching Lorraine, oh, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're marvellous, is seriously going to be putting all this... St- you won't know what half these nuts are, will you? They're not going to be on sale in the uh, in the little corner shop. Although, actually, that's probably where they are going to be on sale. But they put all these exciting things in there so Peter can have a little snack. He is a bit of a dingbat, isn't he? I mean, it's so sad. But he did cancel. So I hope he's recovered from his, you know, terminal illness that he had. Am I going to like this? Oh, here we go. This is the one, though, that is the magic ingredient. You say turmeric? I always say turmeric. I say turmeric. I say turmeric. Oh, really? Okay. Well, well whatever she said. This is fresh turmeric as well, which you can actually buy in the supermarket. It looks a little bit like ginger. So you grate it. We've got to be careful. Peter's never seen turmeric. I call it turmeric. All right. And he looks at her, like, and I'm thinking, do you live together? Have you ever have you ever had a turmeric in the kitchen? Poor old Pete, honestly, you know. Sort of well, well-meaning and well-intentioned, but just sadly, the lights are on, but nobody's home. The lift is not going to the top floor. Pete... Yeah, do you, do you call this turmeric? Well, have you met her before? This is the wife. This is the one you're milking, you know. So you've had, not milking, I mean, quite literally, but, you know, sort of for, for all the publicity, because you can't get it by yourself. So you've got to get it with her. She's doing better than you are, Pizzakins. 
That's a bit bad, isn't it? Never mind. Just, you know, gives us a laugh. Gives us a laugh. How come, says Jackie, Colleen's an agony aunt. She sent her son to Amsterdam's red light district for his first sex experience and she's got two failed marriages. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you. She's got two... I mean, she's not, she's not bright. And uh, it's only loose women that's resurrected a career that was dead in the water. There was nothing she was doing, I don't think. And... Um, uh, Linda Nolan behaved appallingly, and I was amazed that Janet Street Porter let their behaviour pass. I thought she was better, says Pat. I was, I was, I was a bit, a bit disappointed actually in Linda Nolan because at one point she shouted at Kim, you know, what is your famous? What do you do? What do you? Do? And she kept repeating it. And I'm thinking, she's Kim. She does. How clean is your house? You know, and then and it was just literally it was barracking. It was it was just wrong. But as I say, let's wait and see, shall we? How many of uh, how many of Colleen's shows go through, and, and who who reviews them? And who, who's going to be there? She's obviously got to find some showbiz friends. So, of course, the Loose Women team will turn up. They'll have a little clip of, this was Colleen's first date. And we've, we've edited it down so you don't have to hear her singing. You know, I'm in the mood for dancing, ro- romancing. I'm in the mood. What other hits did they have? Can't remember what other hits they had. Well, she didn't, but I mean, you know, other people. But uh, I, th- I thought she was better than that as well. Because I interviewed Linda. She was charming. But that barracking was wrong. It was wrong on every single blooming level. Peter Andre's show, DIY, bombed in Australia, says Shane. Well, I mean, everything he does bombs. The, the, the coffee bar, you know, bombed because people are not buying into this rubbish. Oh, Peter Andre opens a coffee bar. People go down there, they take a picture, and then they suddenly realise that, you know, he's not there all the time because he's, he's not bothered. He's just milking the, the, the publicity. It's awful. Absolutely awful. But he, he tries. But she's obviously bringing in the most money. She must be bringing in about 70 grand a year. She's a doctor, so why not? Uh, Roxanne Pallet says Babs has done a huge disservice to women who have been abused. It's sickening that she's hijacked this cause for her own ends. And that's exactly what she did. And that's why everybody, including Lorraine, has picked on her. I mean, I've got friends of mine in the business who, who basically normally wouldn't say boo to a goose, but they've said exactly the same. She's, she's a wrong'un. She's bad. She's really bad news. And uh, I couldn't care less if she cries. It's all fake as far as I'm concerned. But she tried to destroy a fellow actor's career by making up something. You could see what it was. You could see it was a bit of play fight. It hurt me. It hurt me. And then when she walked in the bedroom, they were all talking about it. And then they all shut up and they all disappeared gradually one by one. Nobody had the nerve to say to her, listen, you're a waste of space. And you're a nasty little piece of work. And when you get outside, you're going to realise that all the people you've worked with in the soaps, they don't like you either. You know, which is not a good position to be in. Her agent must be going, oh, God, what are we going to do now? So that's why two programmes, one pre-recorded and one not, uh, whereby she sort of, she did some half-hearted attempt at apologising. It's not, it, it just wasn't enough. You know, she'd have, she'd have done better if she'd disappeared. But you're going to have to suffer with her on Bear grills. I wonder if she's going to do the waterworks on that. Will she do the whole drama queen bit again? She might be. And um, another one here. Um, bam, bam, bam. Uh, a lot of people talking about the uh, the different types of uh, of cancer that are out. There's hundreds, about 150, 200 sorts of cancer, but it's horrible. And yet one in every three of us will get it. Well, I've got to this age and so far we seem to be all right. So because uh, I don't know. I mean, some, you know, you read about somebody. I think I think uh, hers is breast cancer. I think it's breast cancer, which is, you know, I don't think I'm likely to get it, but I don't think it's beyond the bounds of possibility that men can get breast cancer as well. I mean, I always think, you know, we've had the burns, we've had the angina, we've had the uh, the diabetes, you know, we don't we don't really need anything else. People always say to me, you look really well. I go, actually, I feel really well, which is probably the wrong thing to say. 
probably, probably be around the corner. There's going to be something run over by a truck or something like that. But it is horrid. It is horrible. Unless you've lived through it, it's, it's, it's really dreadful. When you think that there are families who all of a sudden lose, you know, mum or, or dad. We've had, we've had families that have lost mum and dad. And that must be even worse. And, I, you know, there's nothing that I can say that could ever make it better because I've been in that situation. If you could give all your money, you know, to a church and they could bring somebody back or, you know, make things better, that's exactly what you'd, uh, that's exactly what you'd do. Angela says, I didn't think I'd laugh today because my friend passed away last night, but you put a smile on my face. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Keza Karina today. Not, but I will watch it. What's Keza Karina? Producer doesn't know what it is either. I've never even heard of it. He doesn't know. Bless his heart, honestly. Just into bicycling. He just knows about pumping your tyres up, and that's about it. But uh, it's true. Listen, I mean, sometimes... I was thinking, actually, the other day, I knew somebody whose wife passed away only a very short while ago. You'd never know when you see them out. They're sort of, you know, enjoying life and trying to... It must be so hard, so difficult. My mum, I told you, was in a terrible state after my dad died. And I think that sometimes that can bring on things. When you have such a shock, all of a sudden it triggers something. So I try not to have shocks. Try not to have shocks. And um, I tweeted yesterday, God, I love... What did I say? God, I love radio. I, you know, something like that. And, and somebody tweeted, and I thought they gave it a thumbs down. I don't want to say who it is, because I've shown it to my producer. And he said, no, he said, that's like, yeah, you know, good. Kind of thing. It didn't look good to me. It looked like a thumbs down. He was pointing at the comments. I got quite upset by that last night. I could barely sleep last night. Hadn't been for Teddy helping me. Uh, Brigitte says, Kim Woodburn's a horrible woman. She was vile on Big Brothers. No excuse for the loose women behaviour, but I've got no sympathy for Kim either. She gives as good as she gets. She does. And she did on that one. But the trouble is, they were all ganging up on her. That was the problem. She was, if it just been on a one-to-one basis, she'd have walked over Colleen quite easily. But because Janet Strait Porter, the old bag sitting in the middle, they dressed up as a judge, if you please, just to really take, take the mickey out of her. You know, and she'd said originally, I didn't want to come on the programme, but they, they sort of persuaded me and said that Colleen would say something. So the first thing she says to Colleen is, go on, what, what are you going to say to me? And Colleen just sits there like a stuffed dummy, saying nothing at all. Completely, you know, obviously the producer hadn't told Colleen she's supposed to talk. You know, but of course she couldn't, could she? Because she couldn't explain her bullying on Big Brother and seven other people or six other people. Whatever it was, it was it was all a bit of a disaster. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, one mum today is very unhappy. Because there were some drug dealers, they dished out ecstasy. It killed her girl of 15, and all they got was a slap on the wrist. They don't seem to care nowadays. I, I think the judicial system's a part of old pants in this country. I really do. I really do. Uh, what was the other one? I like the... Uh, oh, yes, the young mum who's been left in a wheelchair after taking hippie crack. Well, it's your problem, isn't it? That's your problem. What is it about the word, you know, hippie crack that you're not getting? Do you not think maybe there's a clue there that something might happen to you, your body might react quite badly, so she's in a wheelchair now, as if it was our fault. I'm sorry, you shoved it in your mouth, that's your problem. Nothing to do with us, we weren't there, we didn't sell it to you. But surely you've got half a brain cell, surely you can realise that there will be accidents. It's like people who take ecstasy, you know, like this girl of 15, she took it, she's 15! 15! You look at the picture of her and you think, she's 15, looking about 25. Now, looking like a dead 15-year-old, because she took... Ecstasy. It doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work. Sometimes people's bodies react badly. How do you think the parents feel? They feel terrible. I mean, absolutely awful about it because there's nothing you can say. If you could turn back the hands of time, then you could say to her, don't take it. If you don't know where something's made, 
don't touch it. No, but, I mean, if you really can't have a good time without shoving half of Columbia up your router, then you've got a serious problem. You know, seriously, look at Kerry Katona, a total waste of space. Daniela Westbrook, two losers, two complete losers, nothing going on, no talent, apart from, you know, that they can generate headlines and the world looks at them and goes, thank God we're not like that. Thank God our children are not like that one. And so Kerry Coke-Turner will turn up on the television today with her mother and they'll talk about all sorts of things and Kerry will moan about everything as if life's dealt her a bad hand. Whereas uh, she, she was the one who decided to sit the kids down and start explaining why mummy took cocaine, why mummy's got no money, why mummy could go bankrupt again. You're just not fit for, for purpose, are you? That's the problem. Paddy McGuinness heads for a new game show. Please, God, don't take the wife. Please, we're so bored with Christine. So, so bored. And uh, the X Factor loving, it's doomed in a field of broken dreams. They say the most embarrassing thing to watch is Ada Field and Robbie Williams. I mean, seriously, do us a favour. The show is not about you two. It really isn't. It's about the people who've gone up on the stage. Although, strangely, most of the people on the stage in X Factor have been there before. They've all been on other shows because they've run out of people. And that's why you've got, to, you've got to pension it off, I think, much easier. Uh, the new Queen's head goes on the Aussie coins. Aussie boy will be so pleased. He's so excited. He's a staunch royalist. And, uh, and the other one, which was the boozy ice cream, which has been frozen out. Rum and, rum and joke, they say. Because, you know, you used to get rum and raisin ice cream. And I was never of the opinion that there was any rum in it. It was a bit like Marks and Spencer's Average Mince Pies, which said, uh, lashed with, what was it they, they described it as? With lashings of rum. And when he looked at it, it was like, you know, 0.5% of rum. That's not lashings. Lashings is where you're drowning in the stuff. And I remember taking Marks and Spencer's, you know, you know, to task and going, this isn't lashings. That's why there was a short shelf life. There wasn't enough booze in there to make any difference. Uh, the best ones are those uh, walkers, which have got uh, Glenfiddich whiskey in. Whee! That's nice. With I bought cream in today. I don't know why. Again, I'm having one of my breakdowns where you bring the bag in. You go, oh, look, cream. That'll be exciting. It says cream for spooning. Woo. Think of that one, eh, for a, for a Tuesday morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday, the 4th of September. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. As you wander through the papers, you'll see a recurring theme. Roxanne Pallet. That's the, that's the theme. And so the Daily Star. Roxy, I was wrong. Forgive me. No. No. Absolutely not. And I tell you why. Because you were prepared to go through with it. You were prepared to see him kicked off the show. You were prepared to tell lies. And then, you know, when you got caught out and you suddenly realised that you'd made a big, big mistake, you started a backtrack. So the please forgive me bit has fallen on deaf ears. We don't we don't want to forgive you. I'm afraid I've had enough of people like you. People who go on there, people who've milked the system for ages and ages, made probably a small fortune out of it, which doesn't bother me. I understand how the other thing works. But uh, to go on there and try and destroy somebody else for no reason apart from your own self-gratification, forgive you, no chance. No chance. And I don't think anybody will. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about you. You know, I couldn't care less whether you have to go and get a job working in a supermarket stacking shelves. Not my problem. The problem was you. The problem was you trying to basically wheedle your way out of a situation and come up with something which you obviously thought was going to sort of get you the public's sympathy. Well, it didn't. It didn't get the public's sympathy. The public saw through it. The public saw... Actually, a little bit quicker than normal for, for Big Brother. Normally, the uh, the Big Brother, uh, 
you know, crowd are a bit sort of bit barking mad. We've seen a little bit of extra on the side where they drag out a few people from cemeteries to start talking about it. And, uh, and as, as, as people have said, you try to ruin somebody else's career and demeaned real victims at the same time. People who are the victims of domestic violence. There was no domestic violence there. And that's why somebody had to point it out to you. Either you're really, really thick or you're so calculating that you're prepared to watch somebody else's career collapse, you know, so that you can further your own. No, I hope they kick you out of pantomime. I hope they kick you off the radio station. I wouldn't want to listen to anybody like that. I really wouldn't. You know, going on two programmes, one a prereq, and even, even Emma Willis said, she said exactly the same thing. She said to Mr Vine, and uh, she overreacted. But apparently, don't worry, she's come up with an excuse of why she overreacted. Because apparently there's something in the past which has made her fragile. Codswallop. Absolute codswallop. You know, let's face it, you've sold every inch of your life so far, but uh, this time you've gone too far. And uh, I think you're now going to pay for it. So I want to see it collapse. Because you cannot have that. You ruin it for other people. And it's too serious to just be ignored. You know, to actually claim, oh, he hurt me. This was abuse. and No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We saw it. We saw it. I watched it. I watched it time and time again. It's like, you, you watch Kim Woodburn. She might not be pleasant. I accepted that yesterday. She might have a nasty streak in her. But when you've got the Loose Women panel ganging up on her, literally, there were, there were four of them ganging up on her. Nobody came up with anything sensible at all. She'd already explained about... And she's feisty. You know, if four people are going to... It was literally... She's sitting there. It's like being, um, I don't know, an animal that's being attacked by, um, by hyenas. And you, somebody nips you here and then you... T- get off. And then you t- somebody nips you the other side. That's what they were like. That's what they were like. They turned into a rather nasty pack of people. And the audience as well started baying with, with them, with the panel. And then suddenly realised, because one or two of them looked as though they might have a brain cell that was uh, in operation. They actually then decided, so they kept fairly quiet. And when Kim said to them, listen, I'm, I, d- I don't do these sort of things. This is on, on the internet. I don't have the internet. I don't know how to do it. And then, of course, you get all these sarky comments from little Madam Nolan being goaded on by her sister, Janet Street Porter, who couldn't hold the thing together if her life depended on it. And then at the other end, you had Linda Robson. And, and, they, and, they, and she said, I'm going to tell you what, what Linda Robson said and all the... So I'm thinking, this is getting out of hand. This is getting too bad. And still the producer didn't do a diddly squat about it. They should have pulled the plug on it and gone to the break and then she could have, you know, wandered off by herself and they could have just got back to it again. But, uh, no, it was not pleasant. Not, not pleasant at all, I'm afraid. So that's why 25,000 of you who've signed the petition, want Colleen Nolan axed. But then in the paper today, oh, I'm going on my one-woman tour, as, as if she was Madonna or something like that. You know, what should be... Perhaps she'll be playing phone boxes, I don't know. Might be, might be one of those sort of things. They used to be my standard joke. The next meeting of the Bross fan club is in a phone box at the end of the M4, and we hope both of you can turn up. Because they have a film out. Bross have a film out, apparently behind the scenes. That'll be Matt throwing a bit of a temper, I suppose, and Luke just getting on with his life. Because they never spoke for years. Never spoke for ages and ages. That's what happens. It's like groups. Groups split up. You have a group that is wonderful together. Look at look at the One Direction boys. You know, when was the last time we saw a picture of all of them together, having a bit of a drink and a knees up and reminiscing over the great time? No. No, 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 no. They don't even like each other. There's no chance of them getting back together again. I mean, I've even got grave doubts about the Spice Girls. And that's not because I've heard anything. Not because I've heard anything, but it's because I sort of thought that, you know, will they sell enough tickets? 14 dates... Dickens, is that? Uh, 14 dates and then three, I think, at, uh, at Wembley. 
I don't think it's going to fill Wembley. I just, I mean, I don't know why I think that. That's not, that's not for any sort of bitchy reason. I'm thinking they won't fill it. I'm just sort of thinking most of their fans have grown up now. They've not been on the television. No cartoons. Their, their one film was not great. You know, they were, you know, there was none of this girl power. When you suddenly realise later, there's no girl power. Victoria Beckham could barely hold it together. You know, we have to keep telling the children, Mummy and Daddy are really together. OK, let's have another photo shoot. OK, Harper, come here. You're so adorable. You're just so gorgeous. And Brooklyn, you're just marvellously talented. Just none of you got any friends. Why? Because that family is almost like cling film. They're all trapped in there. They can't go anywhere. We're going on holiday. We're going with the parents again. We're having we're going here. I mean, they might as well dress them up as the Von Trapp children. Seriously, and get them dancing through the streets of Salzburg singing Doe a deer, a female deer. It'll make it marginally more entertaining. Although who'll actually be more in tune? Brooklyn or Mummy? I don't know. I wouldn't like to actually put my bets on that one. But uh, the the Beckhams, as they're in the papers every day, every single day. Can't wait for them to actually get a job because so far Brooklyn, the useless one in the family, hasn't managed to hold anything down. Uh, He hasn't released any more photographs recently, as far as I know. He hasn't made any cups of coffee. In fact, he got homesick because Mrs. Mummy and Daddy. He's had a girlfriend, though, which is quite nice, isn't it? I quite like that. Phil Vickery's up early this morning, which is what we like to hear. Good morning, Phil. What did I think the other day? There was, oh, he did a crumble. It's coming into crumble weather. I wish, I wish right now was crumble weather. Have I, I haven't missed anything, have I? Have I missed a break? I'm not sure if I've missed a break, actually. I'm looking at the clock. Did I miss a break? No, I haven't. Are you sure? Did I, did I do the quarter two break? <laughs> a friend of mine's written to me and said, much going on? Well, you're in all the papers. Put it that way, as you can well imagine. A friend of mine made an announcement the other day and uh, for some reason it captured the imagination of the world. So we're both... He's actually climbing the mountain ahead of me. I'm kind of slowly catching up, but uh, you know, I get a bit puffed out now. So if, if you're sitting on the top of the mountain... You're an observer. If you want to climb higher in the mountain, that's what it is, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to climb. He's going to climb higher in the mountain. So, I think that's quite nice. I'd never heard that expression before, but I love it when somebody puts something in context. And I tweeted yesterday, "God, I love radio," and I can't tell you why I love radio. I was talking to one of our fellow lads who works for one of our sister stations, who's going to be working for one of our stations down in Brighton. And uh, and I and he's going down to Brighton. He's going to be doing a four till seven show in the afternoon. And I went, isn't it fantastic? You get paid. You get paid for doing what you like doing. You can't explain what it is. I think it's either in you or it's not in you. And it doesn't come down to the money, contrary to what people think. It really doesn't. It comes down to what satisfaction you actually get out of the job that you do. Because some mornings you wake up and actually I was a bit naughty this morning. I woke up late. And I looked at the clock and it said 10 to 12. And normally, half past 10, 11, I'm out there watering. So I had to do a quick water, quick sprinkle, just in case it gets boiling hot today. And, uh, and that, that sort of threw me out a little bit because I like to be organised in the morning. And then if I've really got time, I might have a bowl of Rice Krispies, the world's dullest cereal. God knows it was boring. But I didn't. I saved it. I might have it a bit later on. And, and you sort of think, it's great. And you get dressed and, you know, you have a shave and all that. And you think, I'm going to work. And you think... It's quite nice, really. And so I tweeted it yesterday and I got loads of likes on it. And also, I tell you who actually tweeted me yesterday because he'd listened to the, um, <laughs> he'd listened to the uh, podcast that I did with Eddie Mayer. And, uh, and he said he listened to it while he was on his tractor. And it was Hugh Broom who used to do our travel. And Hugh's got a farm. 
and we went down there. And I always remember the day we went down there. We had a lovely day down there. He's got all these chickens, all different coloured eggs. All different coloured eggs. And he's got sheep and, and everything else. And it's, it was so sweet because uh, he was listening. And also Phil Vickery, he said, was thinking about me yesterday. I nearly, he said, yes, nearly had KFC. <laughs> Just as well you didn't, young man. Just as well you didn't have KFC. Although, actually, I, I thought about it yesterday. I didn't get back till late. Because I've discovered, even after I sort of do something, I end up going to chat to people. And then when I finish chatting to people, by the time we get home, I'm practically into the afternoon shift. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't quite work, does it, really? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm Steve Allen. This is my early breakfast. We've got the news at five, and then we'll take more of your texts and tweets and emails and, uh, and, and loads of other things, he says, off the top of his head. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast uh, with you on LBC till seven o'clock this morning. And uh, a lovely picture of Phil, Phil Vickery's crumble. <laughs> As I say, <laughs> sounds like a joke, doesn't it, really? Looks lovely. Looks lovely. Do you know what I really wanted yesterday? What I really, really wanted? I got off the train at Richmond and I thought, I feel like going to McDonald's. And I feel that I want... One of their McFlurries, but with apple in it. And somebody said the best thing to do is get an apple pie and get some ice cream and put the ice cream over the apple pie. And so I walked in there. Oh, no, I can't have that. But I, I did fancy an apple pie. I didn't, I didn't have it. But I thought mixing it with ice cream so it becomes an apple McFlurry sounded quite a nice idea, actually. But um, so Phil nearly had KFC, but he swerved at the last minute. Thank God. For, I know it's a temptation, isn't it? The trouble is, you know you'll feel awful. You know you'll feel awful. I've just seen a picture of, of the cat who's called Bob. Bob, the cat. Somebody else had a famous cat. And then my friend uh, and his uh, and his co-presenter on a radio station wrote to me because um, we, we were actually talking about... Uh, um, doing programmes and all the rest of it. And I was talking about, you know, don't forget, it's Eddie Mayer's on LBC and it was a matter of minutes. And this friend of mine who, who does a programme on another radio station that we own in the building, and, and he says, uh, he says, you know, um, what about us? And, of course, I never see him because he's in the afternoon. But, in fact, he is on breakfast with the, with the Bunton uh, come October. So we're, we're, we're going to do a breakfast but uh, he says, why does everything shrink when you get old, apart from your nose and ears? I'd never thought about that. I worried about it all night. All night. I always worry about these sort of things. People tell me these things. They don't tell me that. Nothing, nothing to look forward to when you get a bit older. Um, a lot of people talking about my, uh, my lunch, which is great. And, um, and Matt, who's obviously got a bicycle, says, you kept me company in that treat of an interview as I left home for a long drive north. Great story. Read the famous interview. Uh, which was quite nice. Uh, Saba said the best show, uh, Eddie Mayer, in conversation with Steve Allen, had me smiling like a Cheshire cat. But uh, uh, Saba thought that Eddie's voice was like uh, Desmond Kelly, dreamy and divine. He's got a very dreamy voice. I know, I don't have a dreamy voice. Uh, a lot of people asking me, in fact, normally on a daily basis, uh, what's happened to Ian Collins? Well, he's taking a break from radio at the moment because his wife has just uh, had a baby. And so he just sort of felt... And there was a woman on the television the other day, strangely, who was on um, something. And, uh, and she said, oh, I've only just come back, she said, because I had to take some time because I've got a six-year-old daughter. And I suddenly realised, she said, that she's growing up. 
and I'm missing her growing up. Because if you're a single mother working, very, very difficult. Uh, Simon uh, thought the, uh, the interview with Eddie Mayer was great conversation and a real inspiration for me in radio. It's funny, isn't it? You don't, you don't sort of think about it. You really don't think about it at the time. It's just a conversation. And uh, a lot of people checking on uh, the Penguin Biscuit. Is it a bourbon covered in chocolate? And so, so what you have to do is, why don't you just melt one? Just melt one in a, in a bain-marie. You put a, a bowl over some hot water and, and melt a penguin in there and have a look, see what it says. If it says bourbon on it, it's a bourbon. OK. <laughs> Seems to work that way, doesn't it? And um, somebody was tuning in on a van journey from Aberdeenshire to Aberdeenshire from London. That sounds like a journey and a half, doesn't it, really? Which I, uh, I wouldn't want to do. And uh, uh, also uh, Julian, who was uh, part of our team for a long while, he also tweeted about it, which was quite nice. So I, I quite like that. Young Jan from the Queen's Theatre. And uh, <laughs> Alan says, my radio is God. I believe it is God. I believe. Listen, what would you do without the radio? I think you can you can now not do without your radio like you now can't not do without your telephone. You really can't. You've got, I mean, can you imagine what a dreadful world it would be without radio. You know, I'm not sort of beating a drum for well, I am really in a way because I think it's just better than television. I think it's more intimate. You can you can become, you know, people can hear you. They, they people spot genuineness. They really do on on the television. You know, it's very easy to try and get away from it. Jane says, you're one of a kind. Not sure whether that's a compliment or not. What does that mean? You're one of a kind. But uh, well, it was quite sweet, so thank you. And uh, and somebody else here. I was, I was doing the... Somebody says, is that Gemma Collins ringing for Magic Circle tickets for your Christmas show? Oh, I don't know. We can get her in a seat, really. <laughs> David, my friend in the business... Something to do with Brighton, I believe, David. Uh, retweeted, God, I love radio. It's odd, isn't it? I, I wish I could explain it to you, but I can't. I sometimes want to burst with, with the excitement and, and, you know, just everything. Just everything. I'm, I'm very peculiar. I'm probably quite normal in radio terms, but if you're outside of radio, you probably can't understand it at all. Uh, a friend of mine says, 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 says it's, uh, it's your ears and nose that keep growing, not everything else that starts shrinking. <laughs> It's not pleasant either way. All your teeth start falling forward as well, which is why your face changes shape. You can begin to look a bit hollow. Oh, I better start eating again. I don't want to look hollow, thank you very much. Indeed. Hollow? Who looks hollow? Nobody looks hollow, do they? I don't want to look hollow. But you're right, actually. That's what happens as, as, as you, your face ages. That's why it's better with radio, isn't it? Quick story about Mr. Mr. Vickery. Uh, <laughs> that's got his attention. He'll be now panicking. A bit. What? What's that? What's that? For my 21st birthday treat, my parents took me to the Castle restaurant in Taunton. I couldn't decide which dessert to choose, so I told the waiter I was a huge fan of Phil's and it would be the perfect end to my 21st if he would choose for me. Small, small while later, I was presented with a miniature version of every dessert on the menu. Do you know, it's funny you should say that. Funny you should say that because I remember saying to friends of mine, I used to uh, go out and eat a lot in town and, you, and you'd always get to the menu and the desserts... And I'd look at them and I'd sometimes order three. But if they made everything in miniature, then you could have a selection of all the desserts. Because sometimes, I, and I'm, I found it much better, and I'd share them. People would say, you can have three desserts, like I was mad or something. And i go, no, I'll definitely eat three desserts. Because then you can have a little crumble. You know, like you have little food when you go to some parties and they go miniature fish and chips, miniature burger and chips. So like a what? 
Like, a, exactly, just like a cheese board. Only with sort of nine different desserts. You know, little buttercreams. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Just all the desserts, because that, that would keep me fairly happy. I could definitely eat now crumble. I could eat blackberry crumble with, with apple. And custard, I think. I don't care. Is there a staff canteen at Global Studios? A staff canteen. Well, we have it. We don't call it a staff canteen, of course. We call it an experience. (laughs) At least I think that's what they call it. Uh, Yes, we have it. We have it up on our sixth floor, which is uh, nice. There you go. (laughs) Doesn't help, does it? Uh, You're on fire this morning. (laughs) Thank you. I was wondering when somebody had noticed. I remember saying that to Joan of Arc once. I said, that'll, that'll not be a pleasant experience. Uh, harsh, very harsh. And uh, he says, wandering along the pontoon yesterday and just short because it was hot. The neighbour commented it was a surprise to see me thus. I smiled and said, my body is a temple. He looked me up and down, frowned a little and said, I don't think I'll be worshipping there any time soon. Very harsh. I know I say that. I say, but I'm, my body's a temple. But unfortunately, I was condemned some time ago. Uh, yes, Steve, Emma Willis, says Joanne, was very good with her Roxanne Pallet interview. Better than Jeremy Vine. But she was suggesting there were mental issues. No, there's not. She's just a wrong and a bad one, And she's been well and truly rumbled by everybody. Only herself to blame. Uh, Phil, Phil goes, ah, that was a few years ago. We always like to please the customer. The... But it's a good idea, isn't it? I like miniature desserts. I quite like miniature food as well. And then you could eat more of it. <laughs> Probably not, actually. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just sort of, I've got this feeling about, you know, having, having little desserts, little ice creams. What did I have the other day? Bitter orange sorbet. It was bitter, but it was, after a while, it was actually, it was actually really, really nice. So pleasing the customer. Oh, there's an old-fashioned phrase, eh, Phil? Old-fashioned phrase on that one. How would you like to find the real age of your heart? No, let's not bother, shall we? What's the point in depressing yourself on a Tuesday? Uh, Steve had a trip to the uh, theatre last night, family trip, to see School of Rock. The kids are amazing, so talented, says Winnie. Yes, I agree. And uh, Dan is just departing for Camden. Love the show still. And Shane says, my mouth is watering. Talking about apple pie and ice cream. Isn't it funny? It's that, it's that homespun food, isn't it? Because we all remember our, our mum's making, you know. I mean, put it this way, you wouldn't want Peter Andre turning up in your kitchen. Hello, Pete, can you make an apple crumble? Uh, uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, Ems, do they, do they use real apples in that? That's what he'd be asking, I guarantee it. <laughs> Why would anybody want to watch Big Brother and Loose Women? Dear me, some of your listeners need to get a job or better a life. Give me the radio. LBC is the future says Robin Hatfield. And, uh, and Jack says, we love radio, Steve, because the pictures are much better. Imagination can run riot. Guinevere and Trelawney say, you and Eddie Mayer, two radio greats, two colossi. <laughs> Amid the other radio mortals, we shall treasure the experience of being there. I think I'm going to be ill. And uh, what did Eddie Mayer leave you in his, in his last will? He mentioned it in the opening show, says uh, Rootman. I can't uh, discuss it. I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about certain things. <laughs> Simon from Hackney says, Steve, just watch the YouTube clip with the nasty Colleen Nolan. Her sister was even worse. Asking Kim what she did for work and mocking. I didn't, under- I didn't understand why that, why that was like. I mean, listen, I could be very cruel on this programme, but generally speaking, it's quite justified. Not one person has said that, uh, you know, um, she was picked on at all. This is um, Roxette. Thing. Get confused. Uh, Finbar says Eddie Mayer, Eddie Mayer nailed it by saying you're unique in your style. No prep needed, just real radio. 
Only he would say that. Only he would say that. He says, that's why you've got such a unique relationship with your listeners. I've been with you and you with me for 20 years. And I'm probably one of your newer listeners. Yes, I do have people who've been with me <laughs> quite some time. Going back to, uh, well, at least 35 years ago. At least 35 years. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. Eddie May has always been very kind to me. But there again, I think a lot of people are nice to me because they feel sorry for me. They go, listen to that poor old soul. Listen to him rambling on in his own little way. He doesn't know what he's talking about, does he? And so that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. We do it. And if you can make it entertaining and you can make it sound as though you absolutely love what you do, which I do, I can't emphasize how much I love it. Seriously. It's, it, it's better than... Se- Think about that one. Uh, <laughs> some days, some days, Friday's dreadful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Okay, choice for you now, courtesy of Phil Vickery. The crumble question is what do you put on it? Is it double cream, clotted cream, custard, or cart door vanilla ice cream, or the whole lot? Is it possible to actually put custard, vanilla ice cream, clotted cream, and double cream all in the same thing? I don't know, actually, that sounds like... Phil, that sounds like heart attack to me. I have got cream with me, but they say it's for spooning. And I brought some fruit with me. I brought some, um, a little bit of fruit, and I'm going to put it over that later. Probably really bad for me, I should imagine, but, you know, to be honest with you, I don't care. It's Tuesday. Listen, it's Tuesday. I, I, I really don't care. Uh, another one here. So I'm just trying to get all of these, because I know there's, there's loads of you, and I try and get as many in as uh, as possible. And uh, this one, a huge loss... Um, this uh, museum fire, which took place also up in, in Birmingham, uh, not in Birmingham, in um, Liverpool, where the uh, the building there sort of went. Dreadful, isn't it, really? And um, and then, oh, yes, anybody watch this pro wrestling on the television? What a bunch of rubbish. What a f- bunch of fiddles. Good, I mean, really terrible, terrible. Really terrible, terrible. I don't, I, I don't like things like that at all. Uh, a friend of mine says... You walk your own path. It's true, isn't it? This 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 friend of mine is uh, is is very big in his world, very big in his world. Although sh- shortly to not be very big in this world, which means I shall be bigger in this world. I love cryptic conversations on the program, and if it can work it out, well done. Yes, very shortly I shall actually have the upper hand when it comes to audience which I'm quite thrilled about. Um, so, uh, on the front page of the Daily Mirror, we were terrified our new baby had Alfie's disease. He's OK, he's amazing. This is the couple. I'm sorry, I, I really, really didn't like them at all. Their followers outside the Older Hay Hospital, I believe, were, you know, shouting obscenities at doctors and nurses and stuff like that uh, because the doctors knew what they were talking about and this couple didn't. They, they were just sort of feeding on, on the public's insatiable appetite to be involved with something. Uh, 2.4 million people changed their minds over Brexit. And uh, Chris Evans is quitting Radio 2 for Virgin in a £2 million deal. Oh, that's it. I quit. <laughs> that's it. I want, I want to climb the mountain and get the same money. That's what I want. But um, so he will strike lucrative commercial deals. And uh, I think that's, that's a, big, a big thing. We have Eddie Mayer. Uh, front page of The Guardian. Oh, looks him again. Here he is. Leave it. Not till Christmas, though. Not till Christmas. And um, it's it's an interesting thing. But I'm firmly of the opinion, and he might uh, he might shoot shoot me down in in flames. And he, uh, I think he gets to that stage where, like a lot of people, they do as much as they can, much as they can. Then you think, can I go any further with this? How how you know how how can I change it? You know, you've you've reached the top of your game, and this is this applies to anybody. 
This applies to footballers. It applies to loads and loads of people. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Can you go any further? Or are you stuck on the mountain looking up thinking, I want to go a bit higher? And then you find that you can go a bit a bit higher. And it's a risk take, but it's a very solid risk take. It really is. Uh, Steve, that's why I'm looking forward to my cruise in two weeks to the Med. The buffet desserts at lunchtime. You can have a bit of everything. Oh, Crumble with hot custard and a blob of freezing ice cream on top, says John the cabbie. Oh, the wrestling, Steve, is not for you. It's for my seven-year-old son. He loves it. It's rubbish. It's serious rubbish. It's, I mean, it's really, really bad. Oh, we've got, uh, we've got a picture. For a friend of mine. It's the last... Look at poor leaves. The last cucumber on the branch. It's the saddest-looking cucumber. The kids, kids were growing cucumbers outside. And, uh, and now the leaves have all started going. And there's one sad cucumber left. But there's something nice. It's like tomatoes. Kids love... You can go and pick the fruit. Oh, pick your own tomatoes or strawberries and cucumbers as well. It's lovely. It's a lovely thing to do, isn't it? Lovely thing to do. I like that. Uh, Steve, uh, this is Bunny in Oxford, but in Kent now on the first grandchild waiting duty. Me, a grandma. Thank God for your show. Imogen's due today. Had a dummy run to the hospital. What's a dummy run? Well, you hold a dummy and sort of run to the hospital. Oh, a practice. Oh, right. I thought, shout out, please. Looking forward to seeing you at the Magic Circle. Row J. You'll recognise me. I'll have granny clothes on, no teeth, knitting, blue rinse, nor a batty tights. Hold that image. Thank you. Steve, t- oh, it's gone. Two jammy wagon wheels and LBC to start the day of. Ready to tackle the daily grind, says Lee. Two wagon. They're not as big as they were. When I was little, wagon wheels were quite much bigger. But then when I was little, everything was bigger. I went back to my school, my, my sort of little school. And, you know, it, it looked enormous when I was a child. Now it's It's tiny. It's tiny. Uh, Steve, so me and the wife booked our annual festive visit to the Nutcracker last night. We couldn't quite decide on which Nutcracker to go to see, either the English National Opera or the English National Ballet. In the end, we settled for the Colosseum, as I'm such a massive fan of Frank Matcham. Did he build the Colosseum, Frank Matcham? I know he did the uh, the Hippodrome, Chris. I don't know if he did the, uh, the Colosseum, I can't remember. I am a fan of Frank Matcham's theatres, because they were very... Very ornate. And I'm not sure if he did the Colosseum. I can't remember. He did do the Colosseum. Oh, right. Very clever man. But he he did so many theatres. That's what his uh, his special specialty was. He built theatres and he built them. You know, I mean, construction, I think, of of this one. One of I think it was meant to be the most luxurious family variety theatre. It's in St Martin's Lane. And they, they started building in 1903. It was ready inside the year. Ready inside the year. It had, you know, two-tiered orchestra boxes uh, surmounted by sculptural groups with line-drawn chariots, everything. Strangely enough, the inaugural performance was a variety bill. Total failure. Closed down two years after opening in 1906 and remained closed until 1907 when it was reopened and it was host to a cricket match. They had uh, Middlesex versus Surrey. And uh, W.S. Gilbert produced his last play there, The Hooligan. And, uh, and then the Sadler's Wells Opera Company moved there in, I think, about 68. Then they changed their name to English National Opera, bought the freehold of the building for £12.8 million. Cool. And The Who performed there and recorded their concert in 1969. Wow, 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 wow. It's amazing. Not as big on stage as you think, whereas the Vienna Opera House is so big, the stage, they can literally have a set built off to the left-hand side and right-hand side and rotate it. So that you can bring all the new sets into play. It's that big. Huge, huge. But Frank Matcham didn't build that one. Uh, Steve, uh, did you see the first Jeremy Fine show? I didn't. I didn't get home till late. 
So uh, I missed it. But uh, it'll be the same. I know what his, his work is. Uh, Phil says, the reason you've got a big following is easy. All the other presenters have set topics. You go off at tangents. So we have to listen all the time so we don't miss anything. What's that? I never thought about that, actually. You've made it sound as if it's tactical. Perhaps it could be. Perhaps it could be. Perhaps, that, perhaps that's, what, perhaps that's my, my, my trick. Start talking about something and then wander off. And then people write, yeah, Steve, you didn't tell us about... Oh, I'll come, all right, I'll come back to that now. And that could be it, but I've never thought about it. I've never thought about it. Other people have tried to copy the, uh, the, the existence of the program, but it doesn't work. You, you can either do it or you can't do it. And unless you're original, because otherwise people go, ah, oh, you're just copying Steve Allen's program, aren't you? Doing a freewheeling kind of program. But uh, we, we, we do it. We think quite successfully. It's not being big-headed or anything like that. I'm just telling you I'm hugely successful. <laughs> With or without the crumble or the KFC or anything else. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think I've heard of him, has begged, begged, ladies and gentlemen, Channel 4 to put him into the Bake Off tent. OK, we're going to stand in the Bake Off tent then. What are you asking us for? Uh, the National Lottery vowing to make more millionaires. It's still impossible to win. Still impossible. Steve's uh, cornflakes, milk, chopped bananas, clotted cream and powdered demerara. Cornflakes, milk, chopped bananas, clotted cream and powdered demerara. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I quite like chopped banana on cornflakes. And I quite fancy the idea of clotted cream, but I would have thought... Producer's not going for the clotted... Ooh, I think it's horrid. Horrid. With what? Clotted cream and milk. I know. It does sound slightly odd, doesn't it? She's from Ilford. What can you expect? That, that's slightly avant-garde, I think, in, in Ilford. Yes, milk and clotted cream. Clotted cream is the one that's slightly yellow, isn't it? I think. No, yeah, but it's, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's definitely slightly yellow. I don't know why I think it's slightly yellow. Clotted cream. I'm sure I've seen a picture of it because they do cream in all the supermarkets. But very rare do they do clotted cream. I'd probably have to go to Waitrose or something like that. So clotted cream, sometimes called scalded, clouted, Devonshire, is thick cream made by indirectly heating full cream cow's milk using steam or a water bath. And uh, it's got a crust on the top of it. I know that because when I went out with a friend of mine, Paul, we went and got um, an afternoon tea and it came with scones and the cream was like that. You took, took the lid off and it had... Um, but it has to be produced in Cornwall. It's, it's a protected designation of origin, PDO. Lovely. There, there, there is one company which produces 25 tonnes of clotted cream a day. A day. 25 tonnes of clotted cream a day. Sounds lovely. Perhaps we should have that now. I think it must be long... Oh, it does look nice, doesn't it? It forms an essential part of a cream tea. There you go. But they never give you enough of it, do they? They give you a little tiny pot. Come on, stop being mean. Give us a, give us a proper pot of clotted cream. But mine is mine is pouring and spooning, which is uh, which is quite nice. Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, the sun this morning. Uh, this is a picture of Victoria Beckham. Do you know, honestly, do you know anybody who's ever bought any of her stuff? I don't. I seriously don't. I don't know how she's surviving. And uh, Posh speaks out, well, through her agent. Marriage trouble, you've got to be kitten. Well, she, she's dressed up here as sort of a pussycat. But uh, it's, sort of, it's a bit... She's, probably she's not good enough to be a model or anything like that. And so they've sort of got this uh, picture of her lifting her leg up in the air. And then there's a picture of the children sitting on the grass. But uh, Dave is sort of missing from Vogue's cover. I don't think he had a bit of a tantrum, do you? And so, why are they not talking to me? Well, because it's all about her, apparently. So, here she is wearing a cat suit, proving you she's still subtle and versatile. And here are the children. Must have been taken ages ago, this picture. You know why? Because little Harper's got long hair, and we know she hasn't got long hair or had it for a while. 
Uh, Dave, of course, uh, has had another haircut since then, and then the boys are all dressed up. Even Brooklyn. Mind you, Brooklyn does dress up. And here's a picture of Adrian Bayford. Go on. Tell me you don't know who Adrian Bayford is. Come on. Come on, think. Think, think, think. I'll tell you who he is. He was the lottery winner. He danced with waitress. When I tell you he's the lottery winner, he uh, he's the lottery winner who won £148 million. So he went to one of these Oktoberfest things, a beer beer festival, and uh, it was at uh, Cambridge, October. Cambridge? Not the same, is it, really? But uh, anyway, he's uh, he's uh, he's found another another person to dance with. He's he's a he's a big lad. He's a very very big lad. In fact, to be honest with you, I think he's dangerously big, dangerously big. Uh, and also for those people missing the Conchinger, she's uh, in the papers today, and uh, she's at the Golden Stag Festival. I don't even know what that is, but I'm assuming it's something which involves having your boobs thrust into your face from everybody else. And the hottest summer on record. Even topping 1976. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to six. Cream or jam first. I'm sorry, this is not BBC Local Radio. That'll be for BBC Radio Devon. Uh, because I, I do it one way, other people do it another way. As far as I'm concerned, you can do what you like with it. You can just lie back, open your mouth, and we'll fill it up with jam and clotted cream, OK? You can make of that what you will. Ridiculous. I mean, quite clearly, as anybody will tell you, in Boss Castle, and they should know, they've had their fair share of troubles, you put half and half, half cream, half jam, OK, on each side of it. I've always put jam on, and then I put the cream on the top, and I really don't care how you do it, OK? You can stick it under the sh- soles of your feet as well, because I don't care. I'm not remotely interested. Listen, I mean, it's, some people don't even like the jam. And also, should it be raspberry jam, strawberry jam, blackcurrant jam, apricot jam. Which one should it be? Let's... Why did you contact your local BBC station? The vicar doing the afternoon show today would be so thrilled. Oh, bless your heart for that. We've come up with another winning gem. So tell us now. Next on the line, it's it's Mary. Hello, Mary. You know, everything cleared up? OK. Uh, jam first or cream? It, yes, it, it's the Reverend Balls here. Yes. I'll just write that down. Mary, bless you. See you in church Sunday. OK, babe. Maybe not. And, uh, OK, on to the, onto the next... Co- that's how it goes. I mean, I really don't care. I'm really not bothered. 25 tonnes of cream, says Dallas. Do they have that many cows in Cornwall? It's not exactly known for dairy farming. I'm serious. I love Cornwall. It's got lovely fields. Devon and Cornwall. It's, it's all it's roughly the same, isn't it, really? But uh, nobody cares. Uh, Steve Brooklyn is an amazing photographer. He's up for an, uh, a photography award, the worst photo of the year. I know. I know. I mean, to be honest with you, he can't take pictures. There's not really a lot he can do. Uh, I have some Korean friends I work with, and they have cornflakes with milk topped with shredded cheddar cheese. I've tried it. I'm still not convinced. Oh, I don't know. I think you can put cheddar cheese on most things nowadays. I was at the Cambridge Oktoberfest Saturday evening. Not a bad night out, very middle class. And although I didn't see the big man, I would have asked him to buy us a stein if he's won that much cash, says Dave. Yeah, he, he won it a little while ago. Uh, Carl still gets gold top delivered by the milkman. I buy it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then somebody says, it's mayor, not mayor. Your colleagues all managed to pronounce it correctly. Same as it's not Abramovich or Sploffs to mention. Well, it is. You see? So it is. OK? It is Abramovich. Or you can call him Abramovich. But it's Abramovich. That's the Russian. And you want to disagree? I bring my friend Putin. He come to see you. OK? He and his friends, they convince you. Abramovich. 
Take it from me. It's absolutely correct. Uh, clotted cream is delicious. We discovered a cheaper and generally more obtainable alternative, mascarpone cheese. Oh, it's not the same. I'm sorry. No, it's not the same, Guinevere. It can't be. It really can't be. Uh, and Donnie says, book the tickets for the Magic uh, Circle, the Christmas Cracker Show. Decided to get two tickets. Now I'm faced with a dilemma. Do I take the grandma, Sandy, or the girlfriend, Louise? Well, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Manuel says, you can find clotted cream in the co-op. Thank you. Great in conversation with Eddie. Eh? Great chemistry. Couldn't help thinking that Dave O'Brien might be green with envy now you've got a new bromance going. He's got a book out. Well, coming out soon. Well, I think he has. He's told us every day for the last six months, so it must be true. Uh, I hate it, says Johnny. Now the kids are back at school. It means months of bullying for me. Every time I get in and out of my taxi outside the house, the school kids walk by and shout, scream obscenities, laugh at me and punch me. I don't know why seven-year-old school kids are so nasty. Oh, they are, though, aren't they, really? Uh, and um, Martina says, good morning, Fab Show. No cream or jam, plain. Oh, right, you could have... Oh, can you have... Yeah, well, probably you could, actually. And uh, and Mark sums it up for everybody. You'll all understand this one. He says, the wife's kicked off this morning, saying, I listen to LBC too much. She says, it's either the radio goes or she's leaving. I'm really going to miss her. Da, 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 da. I'm here all week. Working with a pain, Steve, in my shoulder, so I've taken painkillers. I've got the heat pad in place. Pad needs reheating, but after listening to you talking about puddings, I know I'm going to end up with a breakfast of banana and cream if I visit the kitchen. <sighs> Bananas and cream, honestly. Not having my cream. Uh, Amber, thank you very much indeed. Apparently I've got natural talent. I can't cook for toffee, and I'm Pisces, so I don't, I don't like fish, which is odd. I've just noticed Brooklyn Beckham is now 19 and a half. Is he at uni, uni or learn to trade or something? His father was a footballer. His mother specialises in being thin and grumpy. What's he going to offer the world? Uh, well, nothing. He doesn't have anything to offer the world. He's, he's had to opt out of college because apparently he got a bit homesick because they're a bit mollycoddled as a family. It's like, oh, should we all do group hugs? Maybe not. You know, maybe not. Uh, cream first. Axe is the spread, then the strawberry jam. Only strawberry, says Mike. No, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And I'm not entering into the debate on it. But the jam versus cream debate, Steve, reminds me of a fight my sister and I used to have as kids when having peanut butter on toast. She would smear butter, then the peanut butter, whereas I just have the peanut butter. No, you put butter on, then the peanut butter. That's it. And it's got to be crunchy. Nobody has smooth. Seriously, it's as simple as that. I'm, I'm just telling you the basic facts. There's no good arguing with me about it. I'm always right, as you know. So here she is, unpalatable. She's sorry in TV grovel. This is the despicable, lying Roxanne Pallet. I'm sorry, nasty, nasty piece of work. And this has come from everybody. This is not just isolated cases. This has come from everybody. And, um, you know, she... Ah, interesting. Interesting. In Love Island, no, sorry, not Love Island, the reality show Bear Grylls, she lasted five days. That's all she lasted, and then she was out again. Then she was injured in the stock car race and airlifted to hospital. She's a bit of a drama queen, actually, isn't she? And then the big brother came also in 2018 as well. But uh, strangely enough, she was in the West End show The Wedding Singer, but left abruptly. Let's, uh, let's not put her on television ever again, OK? Let's keep her out of the theatre and everything else. There's something the matter with her. She's not right. She's not right. She's got, uh, she's, uh, she's just really, yeah, she's just really not, not a nice person. So she sits there trying to go, oh, I'm sorry, 25,000 people complain. Same amount of people want to get rid of um, Colleen Nolan. But uh, it was basically, she was lying over the assault. There was no assault, nothing else. She just milked it and it went wrong. But then look at her track record. 
Thank God we don't have to suffer with her on the Bear Grylls programme. I really don't want that. I really don't want it at all. Lots of pictures of the glitterati in the dress rehearsal for um, for Ready Steady Tango. Because they're all going to have to be sprayed brown, aren't they? Which would be quite... I don't have a problem with people being sprayed brown because that's what they look like. But I did hear a terrible story. I did hear a terrible story the other day. And I don't want to reveal who the people are in it. But it, it's not a nice story. And I'm very surprised, actually. So I, I'm debating whether I can tell you the story without telling you the people involved. Because I don't want to get people involved. But uh, it's such an awful story that I think I should tell you. Because somebody in Strictly is, is a bit of a bully. Somebody's a bit of a, Somebody has been... How do I put this down? Somebody's been trying it on with one of the, one of the contestants. And it's, it's unwarranted. And I said... You know, to myself, you should stop this now. You should go go to the producers and say, "Listen, this 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 person is uh, is coming on a bit heavy, and I don't like it, and I think it has to be stopped." You'll be surprised. When in fact, I was always surprised. Uh, Steve, rice pudding made with gold top and cream with raspberry jam says Karen. I'm sorry, have I turned into local radio or something? What is going on here? Have you tried extra thick cream? Marks and Spencer's one is delicious, says Jill. A bowl of Dorset. I don't know why I do that. Every time I do Dorset, I can't help it. Dorset nutty muesli topped with fresh strawberry and loads of double cream, says Grace. God, that sounds like a heart attack. Sean Shane has peanut butter on scones. What? Is it scones or scones? Is it aluminium or aluminium? You know, is it spliff or sploff? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? I get that one wrong. Eddie Mayer, did he? Oh, we are somebody. Oh, good, I don't feel so bad, actually. Uh, Ron says, I expect the experts will all have a go at Channel 5 for putting the delicate wallflower, Roxanne Pallet, in a vulnerable position. She has history, I've told you. I've told you she has history. Went to the zoo on Sunday. Remember that song? Mama's taking us to the zoo tomorrow, zoo tomorrow, zoo. As we can stay all day. We're going to the zoo, zoo. I used to like that, actually. My way is right, says a friend of mine. He would know that this, this is the man with the shriveled cucumber. And he says it's got jam first, cream second. The jam helps the cream to stick, whereas the cream wouldn't help the jam stick at all. I knew I was right. Always, always jam first, spread it over there, thick, thin, so I'm entirely up to you. And then on the top of that, a big dollop of cream. And then shove it all in your mouth at the same time. <laughs> oh, dear. The correct pronunciation of said tea time tip, it is gone. Once you've eaten it, it's gone. It, you're mad, aren't you? Why do I get people from local radio who've been rejected by their switchboard? Why do I get people? Uh, the internet provider has now disconnected me in error. Long story, Steve. Woke at 4.30 and bam, no connection. Had to dig out my dad's old radio. And it's taken me till now to get LBC tuned. Got you at last. By the way, my mum always bought me gold top as a treat in the summer holidays. I, yes. God, that was a boring one, wasn't it? I was absolutely... Bo- Who cares? I mean, seriously, honestly. I mean, I don't want to be rude. But uh, so your mum bought you a gold top. Listen, I've had some in blue, green, all sorts of different colours, you know. Never written to somebody about it. Uh, I went to the zoo on Sunday and we saw a baguette in a cage. Wait for it. The keeper told me it was bred in captivity. Exit stage left, tanker driver Phil. You're not welcome in here anymore. <laughs> 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk so um what do i know about gossip nothing nothing what do i know about this one? Oh, the bodyguard now i spoke to somebody the other day who reckoned the bodyguard was the best thing they've seen on television 
And you know that uh, Piers Morgan asked Margaret Thatcher's bodyguard if he'd ever slept with her. He was with her for 20 years. And uh, said, did you ever sleep with her? Apparently, they all went, what? But they thought it was quite funny. I think I don't think he actually said slept. I think he sort of said, have you ever had, had relations with Margaret Thatcher? Can you imagine? I suppose it would be humanly possible once you got past the hair and everything else. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Was trying to, uh, somebody said, uh, Dino says, what on earth has happened here? Has it turned into local radio? No, the, the thing is, it hasn't. It hasn't, I've decided. What about butter? What, what about butter? I don't know about butter. Why are people asking me? Did you hear Jamie Oliver being interviewed by Dave O'Brien? He's clearly been working on his voice. I saw him yesterday, actually. I saw him yesterday. And uh, we, we had a chat. He listens every morning. He listens every morning. It's just that some mornings he chooses to write and sometimes he doesn't. He looked good. He did look good. He's terribly good looking, actually. And everything's going really well. Well, I think everything's going well. He seems to be. He's got his book out, which everybody loves. And then the producer for Dave O'Brien, um, Rob, uh, said, um, oh, could you sign this for, for, the, for, for the other half? So we had that. Of course, I didn't have it. I'm standing there without a book, looking like a complete nerd. Oh, hello. <laughs> He'll be listening this morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. I trust you are well today. Uh, what else we have? Oh, Maureen Lipman. They now call her a veteran actress. I think she's in Corrie at the moment. And she's accused young stars of dressing like prostitutes uh, whilst backing the hashtag MeToo movement. Uh, Maureen warned the battle to empower women risks going too far and too many pop singers were sending out a confusing message. She said they were walking down red carpets and all this bondage stuff, dressed a bit like a prostitute would have dressed. Well, in fact, there was one the other day from Love Island. She was going out there with her with her bum on display. I mean, seriously, I said on the programme, want to dress like a tramp, you'll be treated like a tramp. You know, it's none of this empowering women. It's called, why are you dressing so cheaply? It's because you don't have any class. It's because you're, you're trash. You know, you're a bit, you wouldn't even find Dolly Parton and she thinks she's trash. Walking down the road looking like that. She literally had her bum hanging out. You know, with just like a little G-string. It looked, just looked disgusting. It really was. And then, you know, it was all this, oh, you mustn't touch me. Must, oh, here I am, drunk. Oh, touch me as much as you like. It's dreadful. So she's right, in a way. She's right. You know, people didn't dress like that. People covered up. People covered up. They didn't want to sort of do that. Paddy McGuinness has helped find uh, people love. No, he hasn't. He's done, you know, no like it, no like it. Would you want to sleep with one of these? Take him to Love Island or whatever. And now he's got another one. He's going to appear on screen. It's, uh, they've just, he's filmed a pilot for a new game show. This is what the bizarre column has come down to now. It comes down to press releases. And uh, they've got a bit about Nick Knowles, Danny Dyer and Jack Fincham. They're acting like an old married couple. What do they have in common? He sells pens and she pulled pints. Must be riveting conversations in their place at night, mustn't it? Uh, Charles Lawson says to expect fireworks when Jim McDonald, his character, returns to uh, ITV. And then you've got Baking Off and all the rest. It's, you know, it's, it's just full of full of baking programmes at the moment. Everything is baking, isn't it? And I watch it. And then that who's that one I don't like? I like John Tarode, but uh, uh, Greg, Greg, what's his face? No, it's not Wise. No, Greg Wallace. Greg, Greg Wallace. Who's on the? Who's just? He's creepy. Oh, oh! He's like that when he leers over them. And it's like some bloke didn't know who he was the other day. Keith Allen didn't know it. Oh, it's you. Hello. 
He's like that. He's a leering person. Don't like him at all. Don't like him at all. We love John Turow, but there you go. Uh, and also, it's in every newspaper this morning, and I do want you to read about it, because she's done a, a very honest diary. Uh, she's dying. This is Rachel Bland. She's only 40. She's got literally days to live. You know, she might make it to the weekend. She might not make it, but she's prepared. She's uh, she's in hospital. She's got her son, Freddie, and husband, Steve. She shared a, a photo on social media. And uh, she's had a two-year battle with breast cancer. But then it just takes over. And so last night she quoted Frank Sinatra. She wrote, in the words of the legendary Frank S., I'm afraid the time has come, my friends. And suddenly I'm told... I've only got days. It's very surreal. So she's had thousands and that, as you can imagine, loads of people saying it's an awful thing. You know, people don't know her, but they probably know her from her radio work and stuff like that. It's so awful. And it's so awful for her son. I think because he's only young, it might be, I use the word like a throwaway. It might be a little bit better because he won't, he won't know things. They'll just say that mummy's gone to be with the angels. And, you know, I mean, you, you could probably say anything. You know, mummy will be back soon or whatever. It's it's a very difficult thing. But she did do a... Uh, you know, she, she she's done this uh, this sort of diary, which she's kept. And I think there's a, um, a page for her. And uh, she only got married to Steve in 2014. Freddie was 14 months old when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. I mean, it's just sad. It's just sad because there are... I appreciate the fact there are thousands of you. Thousands and thousands uh, who are probably suffering with something like that, and everybody's got their own way of dealing with it. Hers, because she's a public figure, she she deals with it in a in a slightly uh, different way. But uh, I, d- I was going to say good luck, but I don't think luck comes into it at all. I'm afraid it's been uh, it's been set in tablets of stone. Have a heart, says Kate. I'm trying to sleep. Keep going on about scones, scones, jam, jam, and cream, cream. I've all three downstairs and I'm now obsessed with creeping down, probably breaking my neck on the way in the dark and gorging on them. I've tried changing stations, but five seconds was all I could listen to before switching back. You are creating a disturbance of some magnitude. Even himself is tutting in his sleep. Tell you what you can do. Get get some, some bread, make make toast, use a um, um, a cake cutter thing, you know, the round thing, and make little little roundels, OK, and then put jam on and then clotted cream on the top. You need to get out of bed now, don't you? Because you know it's waiting for you in the fridge. It's banging on the fridge. Come and eat us. Come and eat us. That's what it's saying to you. Come and come and eat us, please. We are jam and cream. We go together. Regarding the Piers Morgan interview and asking the bodyguard, have you ever had relations with Mrs Thatcher? Well, after the appalling thought of John Major and Edwina Curry, I don't think you can rule anything out, and that includes Clint Eastwood and that uh, orangutan with an uncomfortable familiarity uh, that isn't there, says tanker driver Phil. Oh, dear. And Bunny says, please, no more cream versus jam. I'm worried about my flower pots in Oxford whilst on baby waiting duties in Kent. I'd spend at least an hour a day following the expert advice. You've got me back to gardening. Good. And um, talk about pronouncing things incorrectly, Steve. I played Trivial Pursuit with my nan years ago, and the answer she read out to the question was an orange yutang. I looked at her confused to see if it was an orangutan, as in monkey. Uh, the orange things in roadworks are cones. So the answer to your question is scones, says Darren. Yes, scone and scone are both correct, according to the Oxford. Uh, Personally, I hate scone, says Sandra. I'd never thought about it, actually. I'd never, ever thought about it. It's just, I just, I think I automatically say scone. It's like some, what's the other word that really annoys me? Oh, that's right, schedule. You hear no end of people, even on news bulletins, schedule. 
It's schedule. Schedule. I get so angry because I was told about it years ago. It's schedule. This is the schedule, not the schedule. But you hear it everywhere. You really do. I, I hear all sorts of... Sometimes I'll be listening to even the BBC. They could follow us very easily and, uh, and get themselves corrected. Most dreadful pronunciation. And it is pronunciation as opposed to pronunciation. I learnt that many, many years ago. Connie says, you said you're going to the Royal Albert Hall next month, my favourite venue. I shall be there myself on the 23rd to see Europe. The final countdown. And I'm excited because I've never seen Europe in concert before. Have fun. Yes, I hope so. hope so. Definitely. I love things like that. I, it's a super group, isn't it? A super group. Uh, it, it was, I think, the final countdown. Jessica says, were you and Dave... A, were you and Dave? Were you and Dale a couple? You've come across as lovers. Are you mad or something? Is there something the matter with you? You've got a few shillings loose. Are you mad? Of course not. Known him since he was 18. Peculiar person. You come across as lovers. What, do you not have any friends, Jessica? God, it must be really lonely in your house. Very lo- Well, sorry, house. <laughs> sorry, I over-exaggerated. God, what a peculiar thing to say. Uh, anyway, David says, Last December I texted you from the Trump Hotel, Soho, New York. Anyway, the hotel's changed its name to the Dominic and dropped the Trump name as uh, people didn't want to stay in the Trump-named hotel, including celebs. And B, Trump never actually gave any money to it, just wanted his name on it. Whew. Let me know when your Christmas cracker is. Uh, they're practically both sold out, actually, now. 23rd is one. Have to go to the Magic Circle uh, website. More unpopular than the poll tax. Who's saying what about checkers? Oh, look, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Again, I can't work out if I like Jacob Rees-Mogg or I don't like Jacob Rees-Mogg. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I saw a picture of him and his son and they both seem to dress the same, which sort of struck me as being slightly odd, slightly odd. Uh, also, it looks like the Loose Women panel, but it can't be. It's the viewers' verdict on the BBC's all-female panel for a new politics show. And uh, they've got the presenter, Joe Coburn. Uh, then there's Camilla Tominay, uh, Anushka Asana and Laura Kunisberg. And I, d- I only know about three of them. I don't know the other ones at all, I'm afraid. So uh, Joe Coburn and, and Camilla Tominay. Good Lord, Camilla Tominay looks somewhat different, doesn't she? And then you've got uh, three others. No, actually, we're missing somebody. Oh, that's right. It was Amber Rudd and Emily Thornbury. Can't work out if I like them either. I'm becoming very, I'm becoming quite fickle, you know, with the people I watch on the uh, television. Here they all are, though. The Strictly Who's Dancing. I think they're doing... They've already filmed one, I'm pretty certain. Uh, or they're filming this week. And then they'll have a two-week break and then they, then they film again uh, two weeks after that. And who, who's going to win? Anybody's guess at the moment. Anybody's guess. Uh, another one says, uh, so you know the great Jamie Oliver, says William. Who went, well, I don't know him. He's a listener. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be so presumptuous and say, I know Jamie Oliver. He listens to the programme and he's very kindly tweeted me before and he came in and we did a big interview with him last Christmas. I'm trying to find somebody else this year. I'm thinking I want to get Cliff back in because he's got an album to promote and uh, I think we should sort that one out, definitely. Next time you meet him, ask him what first gave him the idea for the school dinner campaign. And um, William says, also ask him if he was turned down by the BBC for the series. I don't think he has any trouble getting television time at all. Also, you know, I don't know why we'd worry about it being the BBC. You know, probably get a bigger audience on the ITV, I would think so. And um, I think there is a rhyme, says a friend of mine, called Chris, about the pronunciation of scone or scone, which I, I quite like the idea of. I don't know how it goes. So if anybody can come and say there's a rhyme about the pronunciation of scone or scones. 
I can't remember now what I call I think I call it scones. I don't think I call it scones, but I can't remember. And to be honest with you, I really don't care. Listening to you from the rooftop Empress Hotel in Victoria, Canada. Holiday. Glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Say hi to Sylvia Poppy in Chigwell, who cleans her oven every night whilst listening to your show, says Tim. How lovely. And um, somebody says here, Cliff in Amersham. Do you know that every morning it's like a safari? The sun pokes its head up. We see deer, foxes, the magpie gang and every pussycat from the neighbourhood. That's good. Have you got your Christmas tree ready? Uh, No, but I will be ordering them very shortly. And I will be looking for new lights this year. For the, it's my it's my obsession. I'm afraid I am obsessed with with Christmas lights. I can't help it. It's just one of those strange things. Coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I'm with you till seven when Nick Ferrari be along for breakfast. Uh, Twenty five thousand plus want Colleen Nolan axed. Uh, she's trying to flog in anybody who'll listen her sort of one woman show where she sings as if she was a singer or something. Paddy McGuinness heading for this new game show. The parents of Alfie Evans introduced their new son to the world. This is Alfie Evans' parents who were so awful out there with their followers who were shouting obscenities at the doctors and the nurses. I remember it very, very well. And the National Lottery vows to make more millionaires. I still find it impossible. It's not easy, is it, to win? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC. It's Tuesday, the 4th of September. And LBC is going to be giving you and a friend the chance to win, on this programme, a shopping trip to the Big Apple. Details coming up in about 30 minutes' time on LBC. So uh, it's a nice one. If you If you were not with us yesterday... Yeah, then uh, it'll all be new to you, which is good. Uh, Steve, uh, I've got training today. How to have difficult conversations. How to have difficult conversations. Any tips? No, I don't have difficult conversations. Well, I don't think I do. Well, I talked to Ross Noble yesterday, and it's the first time. I just I spent the whole time with a big grin on my face. There's something about Ross Noble. You know, he's just, he's just a naturally sort of funny person. I'm sort of sitting here, and he's sitting literally on my right, within about three feet away, and we're chatting away. And I just, I just found myself smiling inanely. It wasn't, it wasn't saying anything particularly funny. He was just telling these stories of, you know, how he was, do- how his latest tour is coming about, and what he's doing in it, and how he worked in the producers, and how he got the job in Young Frankenstein, and well, all these other things, and how the fact he doesn't drink, he's, he's teetotal. He's never drunk. Never drunk. He was. He used to sort of get himself into comedy clubs at the age of fifteen. So you'll be hearing that interview very, very shortly. His tour starts 9th of September. And takes him around the entire country. He's working, I think, up until 9th of September, until December. So it's 75 dates. That's a lot of dates, believe you me. But it seriously just made me... I smiled all the way through it. I smiled all the way through it and laughed, as you will hear on the programme. Uh, any plan that the Queen had of gifting her grandson Harry and his wife Meghan a country home has been delayed by the horrendous cost of refurbishing their Kensington Palace bolt hole. Nottingham Cottage. Roof repairs costing 1.4 million. Gave her an intake of breath, I bet. She'd already gone off the idea of gifting homes as wedding presents. Charles didn't need one. Princess Anne got Gatcom Park. Andrew bagged South York, selling it for 15 million. Edward got a lease on Bagshot Park. And William and Kate got Norfolk's Anne Mahal. At the end of the royal food chain, bride to be Princess Eugenie got a lease on KP's Ivy Cottage. Really, not so good. Not so good. 
But uh, we have that, that wedding to suffer yet, haven't we? Eugenie gets married to a barman or something like that. Uh, just to let you know, says Dave, I'm back uh, listening. But um, he says you were getting grumpy. I never get grumpy. No, never get grumpy. I love the way you came crawling back, though, didn't you? Can I come and listen to your programme? No, you can't. Go away. You're barred. OK, solve that problem. And uh, Steve, uh, listening to... Are you sure that the Beckhams don't all feature on the front of vote? No, well, they do, except him. He isn't there. So there you go. So there you go. Uh, slap on the wrist for drug dealers. I thought that they would send people to prison now, but this is the mother of a schoolgirl. Uh, the uh, uh, the schoolgirl is called Sherry Lee. I know, I always worry about that. If she's, if she's 15, I must be looking really ancient at the moment. She collapsed and died uh, after taking uh, several of a deadly batch of pills, which included a type called Death Con. Um, Jason Raymond and Remel Sharon admitted charges, including supplying a controlled substance, but were handed suspended sentences. Sherry Lee's mother, Samantha, said after the hearing, it went completely the opposite way to what I was expecting. I didn't expect long prison sentences, but I expected to see them go to jail. But uh, but they don't. Mrs James has previously spoken out to highlight the risk of drugs by saying how her daughter, who was given a second chance at life after receiving a liver transplant as a toddler, had stupidly thrown the opportunity away. Sherry Lee was with a 15-year-old friend when they went to an older man's flat in South Okinawa. What? A 15-year-old going to an older man's flat? What's going on? This was in August the 31st, 2016. Both took pills at 15. You do wonder, don't you, and you worry at the same time. But um, anyway, uh, the other girls survived. They both, they both took ill, they went to hospital. But Sherry Lee went into cardiac arrest and died. I mean, I find it absolutely unbelievable that a 15-year-old girl goes to an older man's home and takes drugs. What sort of 15-year-old was she? Answer a very advanced one, looking at the picture of her. If that's what she wears to go out, well, not anymore. But, uh, you know, I mean, you don't do things like that. Are they just not being brought up properly nowadays? Do they not have any standards or something? You know, you go back to an older... I mean, known to your mother? Known to your father? Well, you know, really dreadful. Really, really terrible. Um, another one here, uh, which says, uh, Our swallows left yesterday. Counted 42 on the telegraph wires. They will be back, though. Next item. Uh, Steve, recently there was a big news item about a, a file of something, like a little glass bottle. Newsreaders were pronouncing it with a V like the Americans do, a vial, but should be pronounced with an F, like file. He said, I know it's very silly to get annoyed, but uh, pronunciation can cause irritation. Thank you, Jill. Yes, it's, it's a file, isn't it? The Americans call it a vial. V-I-A-L. So they actually pronounce it, don't they, with, with the vial. It's a little glass bottle that you put things in. It's an odd one, isn't it? But, I mean, listen, everybody's different. You can find different people, different parts of the country, who would be pronouncing things differently. Uh, there's a Saturday Kitchen star in the paper today. This is Rachel Allen. No relation. I want that on record. But anyway, her son is being questioned over a drug raid. Apparently, she said her son had made a huge mistake. Uh, there was a raid on a home in County Cork, and the Garda... Sounds so, much, so, sounds so much better than police, doesn't it? The Garda uh, found £27,000 worth of suspected herbal cannabis. That's, I think, about one and a half kilograms uh, in East Cork. And uh, the spokesman said a teenager was arrested at the scene. Mrs Allen lives 
in County Cork with her husband Isaac, the son of television chef Darina Allen, and their three children. And she's a, a popular guest on the Saturday morning show. But she said in the statement she and her husband were absolutely devastated. Our son is 18 years old, never been in trouble with the Garda, and has made a huge mistake which will have profound consequences. What, £27,000 worth? Seems like an even bigger mistake than huge, monumental mistake, I would have thought. But there again, you know, it's not really up to parents to try and work out what their kids do. Like, you know, that girl who died after taking uh, ecstasy. 15 years old. And and she she goes to an older man's home. At 15. wonder what she told her parents she was doing. Frightening, isn't it? And for those people who love cruising... 20 decks and 23 bars, the supersized cruise ship that's bigger than the Shard. But it's not the biggest ship because the world's largest liner is Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas, which is 1,188 feet long. This one is more than 1,000 feet long uh, with robot bar staff to tent your every need. I like the sound of that. Uh, it's sail- it looks like it's sailed in from the future. It's going to be the fifth, fifth get the teeth right, largest liner. You can relax under palm trees or in a hot tub. Uh, good weather guaranteed. The penthouse suite is, but there's only got one, so there's no point because that's always the first thing that's booked. People who are very rich book the penthouse suite. A spacious, spacious room spread over two decks with panoramic window and its own sun deck because you don't really want to mix with the oi polloi, do you? And uh, the first at sea TV studio pro- to produce and broadcast shows, allowing up to 500 guests to join in. But it's it's uh, it's doing sea trials. It costs 630 million. To build. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? I like the sound of that at all. But uh, it's big. How many... St- it's going to have 20 decks. 20 decks. 17 restaurants. 23 bars. Guest capacity is 6,600. Crew is 1,500. I mean, an Airbus is only 239 feet long. So there you go. Uh, brainwashed by my brutal mother is the story in the Daily Mail today. And this is the vile, and I'm surprised she's still living, Rose West, the woman who abused her own children, the woman who helped her husband Fred murder ten women. And then she waged a toxic ten-year campaign from behind bars that would scar her daughter May forever. Why she wasn't uh, doing the decent thing and hanging herself in a cell, I've got no idea. Fred West did the honourable thing. But, as I say, abused her own children. And here she is, a picture of her leaving court in 94. Big smile on her face. Shame somebody didn't wipe it off for her. Same, somebody didn't wipe it off. Really dreadful. Uh, also, uh, what was... Oh, yes, this rum do. I don't know how much rum you need to have in something. This is the ice cream shop. It's, it's got rum and raisin flavour. And the council have gone, excuse me, this has got rum in it. And he went, yeah, it's 0.5%. Sorry? 0.5%. This is for, uh, for Derby Council. So now the, uh, the officials there have decided it's classed as alcoholic. 0.5%. They really are dumb, 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 dumb. Shop owner Gavin was flabbergasted to be told he'll be breaking the law if he continues selling rum and raisin at Just Ice in Derby City Centre's Market Hall. He runs the shop with his wife Sally, says you'd have to eat an awful lot of it. Well, that's like people drinking liqueur chocolates. You'd have to eat more than about ten boxes before it had any effect on you at all. But the decision has baffled the customers as well. Uh, somebody says the council are just being balmy. I know loads of people who like it, and none are falling over drunk. Derby councillor Mick Barker said, under the licensing act, a licence was required for any recipe with more than 0.5% alcoholic content. It's ice cream! 
Oh, God, honestly, nothing worse than nick, 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 nick. They're all like that, aren't they? Oh, look, yes, I am a councillor. I am a councillor. I think you find I'm a councillor. And you need a licence for that. It's rum and raisin ice cream, dear. I think you need a licence. I have checked in the book and under the uh, the Licensing Act, 1937 to 1948, you know, with a special addendum put in by us. So he has now got to fork out a thousand quid. Without, oh, tell him to go stick it. But it, what, he, what he's going to do is modify the process to burn off the rum. Why don't you, just, you know what they're after, the counter. Oh, can we have a free sample of this ice cream just to see what it's like? No, you can't. No, you can't. Children returning to school in France will be forced to do so without what? I'll tell you without what in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So all these little French children going back to school, what are they without? What are they without? This applies to all of them, actually, in Francais. So I'd love to know what you think it is. I can tell you now that the French government passed a law in July about this. I wish they'd do it here. They banned their mobile phones. They're not allowed to take mobile phones to school. And, of course, being the French, they will adhere to it. Because their mummies and daddies, monsieur et madame, will be taking away the phones, le téléphone, uh, from them. So they won't have any what? La portable. Oh, right. Oh, it's a portable, not a... Oh, there we go. That's all I need, honestly. (laughs) So, la la portable. All right. Which is telephone, is it? Oh, mobile. Oh, la portable. Yes. Is it still la plume de ma tante, or is it still le bureau de ma tante? Because I can't see people using a plumed pen anymore, can you? Nobody... nobody, That's so old-fashioned. But I used to like... That was my extent of my French. That concludes the part of the Steve Allen Show in a different language this morning. Tomorrow, Swahili. Okay, we'll be trying that. So, no more mobile phones. What a brilliant idea. Let's stop them here. Because that's all they do. They, the art of conversation has disappeared because of mobile phones. Children have got nothing to say to each other at all. I mean, seriously, nothing to say to each other. Why? Because they're on their phones. You could be going out with somebody, you know. You'll see, I see them at the bus stop on the bus. That's all they're doing. Who are they talking to at that time of the morning? Julie says, I love the fact you pronounce harassment correctly with the stress on the first syllable. The number of people who stress the second syllable is ubiquitous. Now it's been so overused in the public domain. You also know the difference between less and fewer. May you long be a model for good English. Merci. Uh, Martin says, do you say autumn or fall? Well, it's obviously autumn in this country. We don't say fall. The only people who say fall are the Americans and the Canadians. It's always been autumn. Uh, what about should of? Epidemic or should have, should off or should have. Oh God, it's too complicated. Listen seriously. I mean, it's it's not for me. This try it with Clive Bull at the weekend. He'd be much better with that kind of thing. And uh, Steve says, John, do these officials not know that more than 0.5 percent does not include exactly 0.5 percent? And then uh, somebody has said, Rona, these drugs and stabbing stories really get to me. What is it with the parents, for goodness sake? Don't they even try to instil discipline and morals, or are they just being friends instead of parents? Such a senseless waste of life, and they're cheering up now. Yeah, this was the girl who died through taking... Apparently, she was best friends with her mother, but obviously chose to do something her mother would not approve of. She went to an older man's house and took drugs. And then she slipped into a coma and that was it. And then she died. And you think, what a waste at 15. But what what can you do? Could you have stopped that? No. You try telling people nowadays, you know, don't do something. And then you're immediately a killjoy. You're immediately the the person who's trying to spoil their life. I was watching a programme on the television the other day about um, the Louvre in Abu Dhabi. And they've just recently bought this 
Salvatore Mundi, which is Saviour of the World, which is uh, a Leonardo uh, da Vinci Salvatore Mundi. Uh, in 1958, it sold for $60 because they weren't sure if it was actually done by Leonardo da Vinci or if it was done by somebody from his studio, which is what they did. And apparently, there are apparently fewer than 20 known paintings by Leonardo. According to Christie's, it was probably commissioned by France's King Louis XII and his wife, but its whereabouts were unknown during the 18th and 19th century after it went missing. Uh, and so then it emerged and it got sold for $60. How much have they just paid for it? The Louvre Abu Dhabi, $450 million. $450 million, about £340 million, possibly one of the highest prices paid. But if you really want something, and it was painted, I think, in about the 1500s, then you're going to buy for it. Now, they're not sure if it's um, if it's genuine. They're not sure if it was painted by him. I mean, there are experts who confirm these things for people, but either way, a bit worrying, isn't it? You just bought something and they go, actually, it's a copy. I see that so often on the Antiques Roadshow. The Antiques Roadshow will always have somebody on there and go, and so what's unusual about What was it? It was something they did the other day. It was, it was, it was quite obvious, actually, and I hadn't thought about it either. And they said, what is this? It's got a little maker's mark on it and all the rest of it. And they said, oh, I think it's fairly old. And they went, actually, do you know why it's not? And they then proceeded to tell him. He said, do you see the screws? It was a gun, I think. It was a rifle. You see, you see, see the screws in it? Well, they didn't come in till 1920. So it's a 1920s copy. You can see how disappointed these people are. You know, that's it. My Collins Dictionary says vile is a less common variant of file so not an americanism says uh, says dallas and file so it can either be v i a l or p h i a l uh, that super liner you were talking about sounds fascinating steve but uh, me and my wife prefer smaller ships such as the wonderful marco polo they've been sailing the seven seas for over 50 years and dali says a french speaker i love your french please do a whole show in french bonsoir et monsieur et madame um, and then we lapse into German, meine Namen, because I can't remember what my name is. Je m'appelle. Je m'appelle Steve. Or Etienne. I was always told Etienne at school. I was quite... Dis- what? Don't look like that. I wanted to... Be- I'd say what? Jabit out Twickenham. Because I live in Twickenham. Thank you. And I can count very high in French. Un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six. I used to try and do a race to myself, see how fast I could do it, and if I could catch up with myself. And I was very good at counting. And, uh, and, then, and then I discovered German, and I quite like German a little bit better. Apparently, in, in Germany, it's a handy. Fun today, Steve, says Jane. What's that? Oh, a phone? Is that a hand? Oh, right. Handy. Oh, yeah, mobile phone would be a handy. Otherwise, it, it would be, in, in France, la téléphone, would it not? Oh, telephone is like home phone. Portable is your mobile. He's doing French. Okay, I'm just saying that now because you know you can't say anything in French. Even even Aussie boy who tried to speak French the other day, it was oh, seriously it's so embarrassing. Honestly, I didn't know whether to send him a sympathy card either it, it, because he only got as far as bonjour, and that was it. Angela says I was flabbergasted when my 17 year old told me that when she's with her friends, they often send each other messages on a group chat. Rather than talking to each other, I was very confused. They don't have conversation, Angela. They don't know how to hold conversations nowadays. They just know to to sort of do something on the the telephone, or the handy, which I'm holding. I'm in my handy, my handy. Here it is. Look, da da, which is lovely. But I mean, I, I don't know why kids don't have the conversation. I mean, I've seen people sitting at meals 
In fact, actually, when we go up with, with the godchildren, the one thing that is verboten, what it used to be, is, uh, is telephones. But as they've got a bit older, of course, they do use them because their friends are making appointments to see them. Bless their heart. Uh, there is a story in the paper today I mentioned at the beginning of the programme. If it sounds repetitious, it is from the beginning of the programme of a girl who died, a prom queen. And she was diabetic. And she knew she was diabetic. She was type 1, which means she needs her insulin. I mean, I'm type 2. I do tablet and insulin. And and I need the insulin. It's as simple as that. But anyway, she didn't uh, want to treat her insulin uh, into her body because she was needle phobic. So she died. She went into a diabetic coma and um, and it was too late to do anything. The worst thing is that she's covered in tattoos, which means, you know, if you're needle phobic, I'm reliably informed. I've never had any that tattoos hurt because it's a needle going into your skin. You know, if if you're a diabetic... You know, the needles aren't that big. You can get them down to 0.4 millimetres. You know, they're very small. Very small now. Because you're just putting it into your body. But she didn't want to do it. So she died. She didn't acknowledge anything at all. I've seen people on the telly before who've said, oh, I don't care. It'll get better. You know, I'll just give myself a squirt eventually. And uh, and it's not the case. A friend of mine is just having this new thing where it's permanently on your arm. And it can measure your sugar levels. Because he's type 1 and his sugar levels are terrible. Terrible. I've decided, says little Julie, to make apple crumble at the weekend. Hello to the Spikers Facebook group. Ooh, apple crumble at the weekend. I wish I could. I can't make things. It's pointless. I could buy it. Do you know what I looked for the other day? Marks and Spencer's. Couldn't find it at all. Rice pudding. They used to do a delicious rice pudding made with cream. Clotted cream rice pudding. I used to go, ugh. I might try and have another look. Perhaps it's only available in bigger stores. And I, I, I do miss it, actually. I do miss it. Uh, healthy, uh, unhealthy lifestyles put four or five adults at risk of an early death. And scallops, scallops, scallops. Should the prized shellfish be off the menu? Well, it, well, it is if somebody's going to get hurt. I don't want people to get hurt doing these things or sort of capturing them. Uh, also, as the heat wave hits the harvest, everything's going up in price. Yields of potatoes, onions and carrots likely to be down as much as 20%. Animal feed, 16 fertilizer. Don't know why I do that. 23%. And borrowing, farmers' borrowing is up 300 million on last year to nearly 19 billion. Woo! That's a hell of a lot of money, isn't it? Hell of a lot of money. Uh, more on um, the, uh, Sal, uh, the Leonardo da Vinci picture. Is it by him? How can they tell? They can tell by all sorts of, uh, all sorts of ways. You know, the way the brush strokes are and, and all sorts of things. People in, in the know know about things like that, and that's why. Um, 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 Minister accused of lip service green policy. And uh, payout for the patient who contracted a flesh-eating superbug. Uh, unfortunately, it was, uh, it was eating the wrong bit of his body. It was eating his willy. And uh, so we had to have a prostate removed, all sorts of things. And so he got some, some payout on that. Uh, also, Labour activists returned to the NEC, despite the comment about Jewish Trump fanatics. And um, here we go. Starting all over again. Plus, it's uh, tougher action is needed to promote good health. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Exercise. I think the, I think the clue is exercise. That's what they're saying. You know, more and more exercise, happier you will be. And a picture here of, the, uh, of this building. Brazil mourning after its museum fire. And they've lost thousands of things. In fact, they actually reckon 20 million items have disappeared, which is such a shame, isn't it? Such a shame that uh, they've lost everything, all sorts of, of interesting artefacts. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
Morning, everybody. Coming up at seven this morning, Nick Ferrari with breakfast, with violent crime still making it into the headlines so often. Nick will bring you the latest on yet another shooting in London. And the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Cressida Dick, will join live. Uh, will join Nick live in the studio to take your calls. We'll also find out about the Home Office wasting your money on wrongly trying to kick people out of the country and is doing so unsuccessfully. Plus, Nick will also reveal an exclusive LBC investigation into hate crime within the Labour Party as its ruling body looks set to finally decide how it should define anti-Semitism. Will it be enough to finally bring the scandal to an end? That's all with Nick Ferrari this morning from 7 here on LBC. Actually, a friend of mine has just said, he said, yes, you've just had your first Christmas 2018 conversation about lights. It's Christmas. I know. There's something about lights. I, I don't look at them as being Christmas lights. I look at them as just being lights. You know, it can happen all over the place. Anyway, good news, because LBC is going to give you and a friend the chance to win a shopping trip to the Big Apple. Globals make some noise for those who don't get heard. This is LBC. The details. You'll fly to New York's Newark Airport, thanks to United Airlines, where you'll begin your holiday experience. You'll spend four nights in the centre of New York at Moxie Times Square in a uniquely designed stylish room on a room-only basis. As part of your stay, you'll also enjoy a complimentary round of drinks at the Hotel Rooftop Bar, which features an urban amusement park concept with carousel seating, oversized topiary gardens and a mini putt-putt course, as well as epic Empire State Building skyline views. By the way, putt-putt, we think, is putting. It's just the Americans call it putt-putt. It's like crazy golf, I think. To make sure you see all of the major New York landmarks, including the Empire State Building and the iconic Statue of Liberty, we're including a 12- to 15-minute New York helicopter tour from Attraction Tickets Direct for an unrivaled experience that lets you see the amazing city from the sky. If all of that is not enough, you'll then head to the world-renowned Bloomingdale's department store where you'll be treated to a $250 voucher to spend as you please. And on one of the nights, you can indulge yourself with a $200 voucher for a quintessential New York dining experience at Benjamin's Steakhouse. For your chance to win a shopping trip to New York, text NYC, all one word, NYC, just one word, nothing else, just NYC, and you send it to 8485 Zero. A voluntary donation of just £3 from every text goes straight to our charity, Make Some Noise, helping to change young lives. You've got until... Sorry, I choked up then on the excitement of the whole thing. You've got till midday on the 5th of October to enter. Keep your phone handy because we may be calling you. Standard network rate supply. You need to be 18 or over. You're playing across participating radio stations and regions. Full list of rules and date restrictions are at LBC. .co.uk. So text NYC, all one word, NYC, and send it to 84850. Thank you. It's a nice holiday prize, isn't it? I think that's lovely. You can go and do your shopping and you get the... Ho- I've never done the holly- holicopter. I've never done the helicopter ride around you. I'd love to do that. A bit frightened by it, but I quite like the idea of doing it. You're just sort of up there with this thing going... Which is good, actually. Uh, Steve, that's handy. Uh, out with the dogs to get the morning croissant. That's German, says Steve. Merci. And uh, from, from Gary. Uh, je suis impressionné par votre français, Steve. 
profiteurs de votre journée. Thank you. And to you too. And to you too. Still on the subject of... Sorry, toi aussi. Et toi aussi. Et toi aussi. Do you know, I reckon eventually we could be doing this programme in every language under the sun. We could spend ages doing all the introductions, couldn't we? I quite like that idea. Thank you, Gary. Uh, on the subject of cruises, says Wendy, call me a miserable old so-and-so, but I can't think of anything worse than being trapped on a ship in the middle of the ocean with thousands of people you can't get away from. Still, whatever floats your boat. But the trouble is you can get away from. That's quite nice. And the food is excellent. And it's just, it's just a different form of holiday. I think it's actually really good value, cruising. I seriously think it is. I think I think it's, it's you should you should think about it. Claire says, "Have you noticed the word gotten is creeping into our speech? I'm no brain box, but I hate it and the way white kids try to speak like black kids." I heard two people in McDonald's the other day working there the other day, and they were kind of like wicked kind of thing, and they were Asian lads. I couldn't quite work out why they were speaking sort of as if they'd wandered in from the New York ghetto. But anyway, uh, rhubarb crumble or peach crumble is lovely with Cornish ice cream. And Coca-Cola, the drink. What, poured over it? We just have it as a drink. I like peach crumble. That sounds quite nice. I should, I should have a word with Phil Vickery about peach crumble. Peach crumble. Oh, that does sound nice, doesn't it? Peach crumble with, I think that would have to be <coughs> clotted cream or ice cream. Actually, anything. <laughs> uh, Steve, I see your Magic Circle show starts at 2.30. What time does it finish? Oh, about uh, one in the morning. Uh, it'll be about two or three hours, I think. Uh, I've got to work next day and get home as I live in Buckinghamshire. It's for charity, Steve. Don't be so mean. If you don't want to go, don't go. Don't go. Seriously. There's only three, three tickets left on one of the show and something else. Raisin. Cart door rum and raisin. Each raisin drenched with rum. It's even better than the one in Jamaica. They've mastered it. Do you know, I don't... I never did rum. There's light rum and dark rum, isn't there? That, that's what I think. Like rum and dark rum. And uh, parents, Steve. If I had 10p and asked my dad for 10p, how much would I have? Yep, 10p. You don't know my dad. I used to get pocket money. Two and six a week, 12 and a half pence, and we never complained once. We never complained. I never, ever thought I was hard done by as a child. I never thought, oh, we haven't got enough money. Other kids have got loads of money. And yet I see people in Starbucks now, children, you know, school children, with credit cards. How they get them, I've got no idea. And there'll, be, and there'll always be the little fat girl who's ordering, you know, the biggest, most expensive thing you can think about. And it'll have cream and crushed nuts. And her friends will stand there looking, hoping, hoping that she might turn around and go, would you like a slurp of my expensive drink? It could be like three or four pounds. And the other kids go, oh, you can see the look on their faces, bless their little hearts. Steve, you were quite right about Eddie Mayer. He does have dulcet tones. Told you. Never. You must listen to the, uh, the In Conversation. Very good. And the programme. He's going to be here at four o'clock today until six. Monday through Friday. Folly, folly, followed by Farage, followed by Ian Dale, followed by Tom Swarbrick, new lineup. Uh, Marks and Spencer's garage in Hampton Court still sell their rice pudding. I bought it for my daughter last week. Couldn't resist giving it a try, says Michelle. It's delicious, hot or cold. I've got to get so much. I've now got a thing about rice pudding. I know it's clotted cream and, and rice, but it sounds lovely. Uh, Tracy in Brixham says, I, it's causing a riot. It's scones, jam and clotted cream in Heaven Devon. What's throwing the customers is when I ask, would they like chocolate clotted cream? I haven't swayed anybody yet, but God loves a trier. <laughs> I like the idea, actually, that God loves a trier because you're so right, he does, actually. If you believe in anything, and I think the older you get, strange though it may seem, you start believing in something, don't you? You start believing that there is a purpose in life. You start. Be- I'm now climbing halfway up a mountain. 
I've got to. A friend of mine's going to on, on the mountain and he wants to climb higher. And I said, I'll just see you on the mountain. I think we'll have to start at base level. What time do you sleep until when you get home? Oh, about an hour. Just an hour, just to recharge the batteries. Although today I might not. I might not today. But normally about an hour just gives me the, the recharge that I need. And then I get up and go out and get some air. And that makes me happy. You need to get air. There is no point. You cannot just sleep all day. Even if you're not working, even if you're unemployed, you've got to get up and do something. Just lying in bed is just a total waste of everybody's time. Ridiculous. So just an hour for me. And, uh, and then bed a little bit uh, later on. The shaming of Facebook is the headline on the front of the Daily Mail today. Vital clues to the murder of uh, Lucy McHugh. 13, maybe in the prime suspect's Facebook account, but the web giant refuses to hand over his password. Now, her mother demands, why won't they help get me justice? Because they don't care about you. They don't care. They're not interested. They've tried before with some of these companies. Can we have this information? No, you can't. No, you can't. Why not? Because you just can't. It's as simple as that. So they've got a picture of uh, Lucy who was stabbed to death near her Southampton home. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the hypocrisy is, is almost breath-defying. It really is, isn't it? It's breathtaking. Where there's money to be made from selling personal information to advertisers, no company has less respect for its customers' privacy than Facebook. Yet when a 13-year-old schoolgirl lies murdered, the internet giant refuses to reveal the prime suspect's password to the police in Hampshire, forcing them to go through the lengthy process of applying to the US Justice Department for a court order. Isn't that just disgraceful? Seriously, absolutely awful. Uh, did huge deal lure Chris from BBC? No, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. That's what it is. We all have challenges in life. He, he talks about climbing a, climbing a mountain and he wants to go higher. And that's what it is. Some people are, are quite happy with their lot, but other people are fiercely ambitious. You can be ambitious at a young age or at a middle age. It's just if you feel that there's something missing, if you feel you're not getting out of something what you think you're putting into it, you need to change. Simon says, will you ever come back to the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch? It would be a great Christmas present. I don't think so. I don't think it's on. It's, it's not on the list. Put it that way. Not on the list at the moment. Steve, that's Camden done en route to Stanford Lee Hope. Camden done. I like Camden. Some friends of mine are doing something in the Camden... It's called something different now. It used to be the Camden Palais. It's opposite... Um, it's, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. Somebody did tell me the other day and I went, oh, that's the old Camden Palais. I did a, a gig there with, with Paul O'Grady as Lily Savage. Whew. That was a night and a half to remember. It really was a night and a half to remember. Uh, also, uh, Bizarre Rituals, Witches, Crystals, a new exhibition that celebrates... Uh, it's at the Ashmolean in Oxford until January. Uh, we're still spellbound by the supernatural, you know, things that uh, celebrate our obsession with witches and crystals and bizarre rituals. You know, people like to talk about... That's right, it's called Coco, that's right. I knew it was called something. I remember thinking that it, it's opposite um, uh, that train station, which is called... It's just as you go into Camden. It's very famous because it, it featured on a programme. Mornington Crescent, that's right. <laughs> I don't know why Mornington Crescent became popular, but everybody started talking about it. Oh, it was a game. That's right. Mornington Crescent. That's right. And also, I, I listened to it. I didn't understand it at all. All of a sudden, somebody goes, so and so, so and so, Jed. Mornington Crescent. And they go, Shh! and I'm thinking, what rubbish is this? What rubbish? You know, an audience of people on drugs, I think. <laughs> so, so and so, so and so, and the scone with the jet. Mornington Crescent. And so it goes, seriously, I never understood it at all. Uh, Boyle, Danny Boyle has hinted why he unexpectedly quit 
as director of the next James Bond film. He was due to direct the 24th, 25th instalment of the franchise, said it would be impossible for a fan of Ian Fleming's Bond books, like himself, to direct or write one of the films. So there you go. There you go. And besotted with the bodyguard. We're all obsessed with this. People get very close to their bodyguards, don't they? And hence the uh, things yesterday. You know, th- there was a bodyguard for uh, for Diana. And uh, what, what, what happened? I think she made a claim he was bumped off or something like that. There's a lot of bumping off in the bodyguard world. And uh, Heidi Klum and Seal uh, had, a, had a, a bit of a shock. Well, he did, because she went off with, with the bodyguard. I suppose if you're spending a lot of time with, with somebody... Eventually, you sort of look at them and go, uh, actually, you're, you're really quite nice, aren't you? You're really quite a nice person. And then you have a relationship, and then it all goes pear-shaped. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know what we don't do? We don't go outside, apparently. We spend 142 hours a week inside, not going outside. The great outdoors, they're now saying, is a bit of a mystery. Most Brits hardly ever see it. I always like to go outdoors. Always like to go outdoors. Mind you, it depends what sort of area you're in. If you're in, you know, an area where there isn't really much to go out for, you might as well stay in. Look at a, look at a, a sort of a painting on the walls. Uh, front page of The Guardian this morning. Fighting fat phobia. This is after one magazine put a fat girl on the cover and Piers Morgan and loads of other people have said this is ridiculous. They've sort of done it to go, this is normal. You go, no, it's not. This is not, absolutely not. So, of course, that provoked an argument and everybody got very excited. Picture of uh, Chris Evans um, leaving uh, the radio station he's with to go to um, the radio station that doesn't go all the way. As he did point out, I shall end up with a bigger audience than him. wonder how long that'll last. <laughs> the Sun this morning, lot more millionaires in a revamp. They're revamping the lottery again. It means we would stand an even bigger chance of losing, I should imagine. But uh, punters with five balls, plus the bonus, will net a guaranteed million quid. Mm, can't we just have one and you net all the, the whole lot? You know, just to make it easier. Picture of Victoria Beckham wearing lycra. She looks ridiculous. I mean, seriously, she's got sort of cat ears on. But it's just... Somebody obviously said, dress up like this, dear, and they'll put you in the papers. They put her on the front page of The Sun. I reckon somebody in the family, probably Brooklyn, you know, cuts every article and sticks it into a scrapbook. So they've got pictures of their exciting family. Uh, Also, Evans Scent, DJ Quits, BBC, The Daily Express. He's on the front of every paper, as you can imagine. He waves goodbye, but who'll take his slot... That's always the big thing nowadays, isn't it? There's, it's, it's big competition in the music market. And so it'll be, it'll be quite interesting. Will it be a woman? Will it be a man? Who knows? Who knows? Have you noticed the insidious creep of the word dissect? Pronounced as dissect instead of dissect. Of, of dissect. Even BBC announcers mispronounce it, says Mike. Is there no longer a BBC guide? Yeah, there is. There is a pronunciation guide. It's always been in operation for as long as I've ever known about it. And, uh, Steve, uh, words like gotten are old English words, which we took over to America on the Mayflower. With the world shrinking this tech age, we're getting it back. It is nice. Kevin the Milkman, morning Kevin, says nobody knows the rules of Mornington Crescent. <laughs> it, I know, it's, it just, I listened to it a couple of times, and I thought, this is absolute rubbish. It was the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever heard, and I'm generally quite a fan of the so and so The keyboard, X, Y, Z, Z, Mornington Crescent. And the audience break into this applause. I'm thinking, I've obviously fallen into this one. I'm sort of, people are going, see, you're talking about it. That's how it works. But there are no rules. No rules at all. Neil has just made a batch of green gauge gin. It looks and smells lovely. Time will tell. Keep you posted. 
He says, Chris Evans, leaving the Beeb. Good on him. He likes a challenge. That's what makes him unique. And good night with the Rolls-Royce hunting. Thank you. Yes, I'm hoping to win a bit of money on the lottery as well, if I haven't done already, which would be quite nice. Uh, where is Clive Bull in the new lineup? He's at the weekend. You can catch Clive on 6 till 8 on Saturday and 6 till 9 on Sunday. OK, and then I follow him on Sunday. Liz is up in the Highlands. Highlands. It just sounds so romantic, doesn't it? It just sounds so lovely. Uh, when are you going on Celebrity Big Brother, says uh, Sean. Hopefully you'll share the house with Katie Price. They won't have her back. She's done it twice. What's the point of putting her back on again? Said you can be good chums with her and then destroy her. No, no, no. She needs to, you know, unfortunately get her head in gear, but she can't do anything. She's not, she's not either clever enough or talented enough. She's uh, probably now, they've said, going to lose the house within two months. She's made no effort to pay anything back. She sold a few horses and a horse box and that's about it. But uh, whether the house is on the market, I don't know. But uh, they'll end up taking it back. She owes a fortune, over £100,000, just on the house alone. So all this garbage that you hear about, oh, she's got through £43 She never had £43 If she had £43 even with her ridiculous spending, you know, it would be be ludicrous to suggest that she's not going to dig herself out of this one, because she's not. She hasn't got anything. The house is an absolute crumbling wreck can't use the pool. If you're going to spend over a million pounds, you'd you kind of like it all working, wouldn't you? But of course, being her, she thinks, oh, the pricey is always right. Unfortunately, the pricey is not right on this particular occasion. The pricey has got it so wrong, she'll be downsizing. She should be appearing on a council estate near you. Two horses in the backyard. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Uh, the Times, Alistair Cook retires. Uh, also busting the myths about HRT. Please give more power to stop and search. And... Here he is again. It's Mr Evans and um, also uh, Eddie Mayer hosting his first LBC show the other day. It's like an exodus, isn't it? It's like an exodus of people from the uh, from the BBC. Daily Star will shake our booties. A strictly special. They will because they're looking for your votes. And Roxy, I was wrong. Forgive me. No, no, absolutely not. There is no forgiveness in this. You were out to destroy somebody for your own gain and uh, not the first time. Nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. People you've worked with don't even like you. That's got to be bad news, isn't it? Imagine. But uh, no, it's no good. You even went on, you did a pre-recorded interview, and then there was the uh, the live interview uh, with uh, with Jeremy Vine. Emma Willis's was, was pre-recorded. And unfortunately, we don't like you. You're a nasty piece of work. And that's, I mean, you know, unfortunately for you, you picked on the wrong person. You picked on the person who everybody likes. Everybody likes him. He was on with me a short while ago because he went out to uh, Australia. He's lovely. He's absolutely charming and lovely. And you set out to destroy him, so uh, nobody's going to trust you ever again. I hope they kick you off pantomime as well. That makes me sound harsh. Good. It's meant to. The Daily Mirror. Right to life parents relief at Healthy Scun, uh, uh, Son. This is, uh, this is the, the family here. Kate and Tom with baby son Thomas. They're still not married, you know. I'd have thought by now they would have got married. It would have brought them together. They've lost one child. Uh, little Alfie uh, passed away after they withdrew the treatment. But then, as I say, the uh, the father was vile. Vile. I haven't forgotten that bit at all. You know, and the people who were shouting abuse at doctors. Doctors and nurses had to walk the this, like, sort of walk of shame kind of thing with people shouting obscenities at them. Really disgusting. Really disgusting, so I'm afraid, no. Again, you go bottom of my Christmas card list. Uh, 2.4 million changed their minds over Brexit and Pacestorm Evans quits BBC. And that, as they say, is it. Now, before I go... Oh, somebody says, sounds like the price of the lottery, Steve. It's about to go up. Oh, you don't think so, dude? <laughs> Could it be possible? Actually, you might be right. Whenever they go, oh, we're going to do it for fun, and you think, no, no, no. I hardly hear anybody winning. 
Ridiculous. Anyway, before I go, just to let you know what's coming up on my free podcast, on the little bit extra, I'll let you know what the vile Roxanne Pallet droned on about to Emma Willis and Jeremy Vine yesterday. I'm doing you a favour by watching and reading this horrid woman's garbage so you don't have to. You'll also hear some alarming news for seafarers the world over. The JC and Ange are taken to the waves. I'll explain why one London council should be handing out a fine to a Miss H. Willoughby very soon. Finer. It's all on my little bit extra, which is totally free and will be available very shortly from wherever you get your podcasts from. So make sure you download the LBC app, lbc.co.uk. And as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our catch-up feature. I will be back with you tomorrow morning between four and seven. So uh, I trust you've reset all the clocks and you can join us then because it's it's an entertaining little romp for three hours. And if you're sort of one of those people who has trouble sleeping, then uh, perhaps we can sort of help help you and then perhaps we can make you tired. At the end of it, you'll be physically exhausted. So back with you tomorrow. Thank you for all your texts and emails. Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on Catch Up at the bottom. It's as simple as that. At 10, Dave O'Brien will finally decide how cream tea should be made. But next, it's Nick Ferrari with Breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am. 